You're listening to the Robert Hartley Games Master Podcast. The following is audio from my interactive tabletop role-playing game series, Twitch Tales, which plays out through my Twitch channel, Robert Hartley GM. The chat act as a hive mind collective to control the actions of the main character while all of the NPCs in the wider world is controlled by me. Enjoy. Hello! Welcome, 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 welcome. How are you? Good to have you here for the latest episode of Twitch Tales. So where did we leave off last time? Last week, last episode on Twitch Tales, Apis had been hunting in the fair woods, deep in the fair woods. For seven hours they went hunting, trying to find something that was worthy of a celebratory gesture towards Ultimas to to show the god of beasts and hunting how much they meant to them. And they tracked. For several hours they tracked huge footprints until eventually, sleeping at the base of a tree, they found a Sasquatch. Very, very rare, almost legendary creature. And the start of last session, we spent a great deal of time deciding what the we should do about it. <laughs> because it's an enormous creature, and how are we going to drag it home if we knock it out? How are we going to talk to it? What is going to happen? How are we going to get this thing home? Should we just turn around and leave? Should we should we try and traipse it back to town? Should we kite it? Should we, should we try and lure, uh, lure it back to town with food? What should we do? What should we do? What should we do? So Apis decided, as dangerous as it is, being that they don't know fully how they work, they were going to ask the dice. They were going to ask the bone dice that they'd been gifted from Bobby. They knew that it could tell the, the future in certain ways. So they asked these dice, can we befriend this thing? Is it possible for us to befriend this Sasquatch if we were to wake it and try and persuade it or lure it or become friends with it with food? Is it possible? And Apis rolled the dice. And as they bounced, Apis got filled with visions, senses, sights, sounds, smells, tastes of just negativity and were left with a feeling of woe. And they decided, no, it's probably the dice telling us that trying to befriend this thing will not go well. And so they went back to square one. What should we do? Until one tiny little mote of inspiration in Apis's brain said, we have a potion of comprehension in our bag. And so they used the rotten manticore meat that they were going to be using as bait and they poured the Potion of Comprehension onto the manticore meat and placed it in front of the sleeping Sasquatch and then stepped back and waited behind a tree. And the manticore, with the pungent smell of rotting meat in front of them, woke up and without a second hesitation about why, where this meat came from or the fact it may be bait or a trap, clearly uh, betraying a lack of intelligence in any sort of a way, picked up this meat and <clears throat> devoured it, allowing this manticore some semblance of comprehension of language, at least for the next hour, which allowed Apis the, for the moment to, to uh, convince this Sasquatch that they meant it no harm. We deceived the Sasquatch into thinking that there were other hunters around that did mean it harm, and that if it wanted to live, if, if it needed to come with you, if it wants to live. And... <clears throat> and then we 
gave it the rest of our, uh, we give it some more, f- oh, we give it promise of food if we, if it followed us back. And so we managed to, this Sasquatch, to following us through the woods. And as we walked back through the woods in the, in the direction of Shadridge, we used the last, the last little bit of the, uh, the potion of comprehension. We used the last remaining time of that to try and teach this uh, Sasquatch some rudimentary sign language just for simple things like danger and pointing over there and, uh, and, and speed and stop and uh, climb and hide and uh, various rudimentary things that we may need over the time between where we are and where we were going. So that when the potion ran out, we were still able to communicate in some very minor, minor way. Apis then played some panpipes as as a sort of luring, a, a luring Pied Piper of Hamelin kind of way. Played, played the Pied Panpipes and uh, upon a couple of false starts managed to get into the rhythm and find a find a tune that was not too off-putting to the uh, to the Sasquatch and intrigued it enough to for its animalistic bestial brain to to be uh, curious about what this source of music was and to want to follow you through this woods even further. <laughs> and eventually, after several hours, we managed to lure this Sasquatch to the edge of the fair woods, a short distance in, out in the open from here to the um, newly built menagerie. And stealthing our way across, sending uh, our giant bee male companion uh, uh, to to scout the area and make sure that the coast was clear, we managed to stealth the way across the um, the open air and to the menagerie, where we lured the Sasquatch down into a pre-built pit, and then climbed clambered back out and lifted out the ladder so that the Sasquatch was now captive in this uh, menagerie. Doing so meant that the um, that we were working right through until about 2 a.m. And so Apis is rather tired with a level of exhaustion. And we decide it is time to sleep. It is cur- technically, currently, the two hours into the first day of Altabris, the month to celebrate uh, Altamez, the god of beasts and hunting, and for whom we did all of this in the first place. So that is where we pick up. Where would you guys think... Apis would like to sleep. You are about a half an hour's walk from Jack Reed's farm. You could try and sleep somewhere here on the menagerie, in, in and about the menagerie somewhere. You could, you're about a half an hour walk from Shadridge Town proper, and you're about half, uh, about 10 minute walk away from the local uh, forest if you wanted to sleep in the forest. Where do you think Apis would like to sleep? All right, we're pretty much in unanimous decision that Apis will stay at the menagerie near the pit uh, where the Sasquatch is currently resting, residing. So that's what Apis does. Apis gets out the bedroll, and uh, being that it is a, uh, a relatively clear night, um, it is very, it's a very dark night, being that the first of every month is a new moon when there is no moon at all. Um, and so it's a very dark night. There's lots of stars out. And Apis, <clears throat> Apis unrolls their bedroll, gets out their blanket, and snuggles in to go to sleep as uh, as the softly buzzing sounds of Mel comes to a rest in a field nearby, and Mel curls up to uh, sleep among the flowers. It doesn't take long for Apis to drift off to sleep, being how tired they are. But they get woken again, shortly after sleeping. 
because the forest is cold tonight. Apis shivers and pulls the blanket up tighter around their neck, cursing the wind for changing direction and forcing this cold upon them. After a few uncomfortable minutes of self-delusion, Apis finally admits defeat, and realising that they're going to get no rest here, emerges from their blanket cocoon to begin packing away the bedroll and moving on to find more sheltered locations to rest. As they stand, pack in hand, Apis suddenly has the strong sense of another presence nearby, watching them. Spinning, they scan the nearby woods, their dark vision coming in great use on this cloudy night. No one. Ippus puts it down to paranoia caused by sleep exhaustion, and begins to move on. But as they pass the edge of the clearing, there is an unmistakable creaking of branches from above and the rustle of leaves, as though something large was perched high above the clearing and took to the skies when Apis left. Apis stands still for a few seconds, listening and waiting, barely wanting to breathe. Hunt! A deep, gruff voice says from somewhere within. Apis suddenly springs into action, clambering up the nearest tree with alarming nimbleness. Within seconds, Apis breaches the canopy and scans the night skies. The moment Apis's eyes land on the retreating scales and leathery wings over 150 feet away already, the same voice repeats, Mark! And though Apis knows they have been unable to get a sufficient night's rest to return their usual energy for magic, they reach out a hand towards the worm and grasp in an upwards motion. The creature's great claws skim the canopy below and the leaves seem to stick to it, adding a further shade to its already green body. As the dragon continues to fly, Apis watches it go, knowing that they have the most difficult hunt of their life ahead of them. But Ultima's is on their side. Apis awakes with a buzzing sound as uh, there are voices chittering uh, and 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 uh, excited murmuring nearby and there is an uh, apis are you, are you awake and then apis wakes and lo- looks around them uh, still tucked into their bedroll nearby the uh, the sasquatch's um pit the sasquatch's enclosure and apis can see that there are three children uh, looking down over the edge of this pit what is it? I don't. What is? It? I don't. It's like it's, it's like a, it's like a bear. Is it a bear? I think it's a bear. Uh, no, it's not a bear. I've seen pictures of bears. Uh, Apis, uh, are you are you awake? I think uh, I think it is time for us to explain what happened last night. As you look over and you see Mel um, buzzing, it sort of landed nearby, and you can realise that it is quite late into the morning. And being that we went to sleep at like two a.m. and slept through, it seems. Like, whew, maybe we slept later than we expected. So, what do you want to do? Who else is around? So, from from where we can see <coughs> on our uh, by our bedroll, right by the um, uh, the right by the fence around the top of the pit, um, we can see that on the other on the other wall um, adjacent to ours is a three children that we've seen around town before, um, and then we can see that there are two or three adults talking over by a tree, like a good. 40 feet back from that. We don't recognize anybody. Uh, we don't. We do not have exhaustion now, that's right. 
we have had we have had a long rest. All of our spells and our uh, hit points and things have returned. Get the ankle biters off the fence first. Uh, Apis quickly stands up and and leaving the bedroll behind, uh, rushes over to the kids. Uh, could you, don't don't climb don't climb up or on the, on the uh, fence there. You don't want to fall in. Uh, <laughs> gods only know what um what that thing's capable of. What is it? Well, I tell you, it's a very uh, a very secretive and very legendary creature of the woods. We look down into the um, we look down into the pit there. I'm gonna roll a I'm gonna roll a perception check for Apis. Four. Four plus our perception modifier of four. That's an eight. Apis looks down. They can see that there's a whole bunch of um, leaves and and um, forest refuse down there branches and things that have been put in at mismatched angles and stuff just to give it some kind of cover but looking down Apis can't actually see where the Sasquatch is um, but they turn back to the kids anyway and they say um, just get get down off the fence you don't want to fall in uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a big dangerous monster it's called a Sasquatch uh, and none of the kids have heard of it like, a Sasquatch Sas- Sasquatch Sasquatch or some people call it a Bigfoot because it's got big feet. It's called a Bigfoot. Why is it not called Big Feet? I don't know. It's just, it's just what it is. It's just what it's called. Um, we look around and we see that there's two uh, adults coming over now. Um, and uh, and they say, um, "What's um, what 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 are you looking at, Jimmy?" And uh, one of the little boys turns around and says, "It's a bear." <laughs> and one of the other one goes, "No, it's not a bear. It's not a bear. It's a person." It's a big hairy person. It's not. It's 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 actually not a hairy person or a, a bear. It's actually a Sasquatch, and uh, the the uh, adult that was coming over. It, a sas a what? A, a Sasquatch, really? Hey, uh, well, uh, long story. Um, I actually managed to find uh, a Sasquatch last night, and hunt. It's. I'm really tired. If you just give me one second to put my bedroll away, I can explain. But just make sure your kids don't fall in. <laughs> Upon mention of the Sasquatch, uh, the, one of the other adults started running forwards and pulling the other kids off of the um, the fence. All right. So what's um, what's the what's the plan for the day? How are we gonna how are we gonna uh, pursue this? We didn't manage to wake up in time to like get ahead of it. So now that it's it we'll kind of be starting on the back foot. What's what's Apis's plan? As the as we run back to start rolling up our bedroll, we can see that like within minutes of arriving, are another bunch of people coming in from town. There's a quite a few quite a few people on the way in to see what the menagerie has to offer. Send these people to find someone in charge. <laughs> Make a sign telling people to keep voices down. Need to feed the Sasquatch. Live feeding sessions. Where's Mosh? Um, we can have a little look for Mosh. So as we've uh, put our bedroll away, we're going to try and find out who's in charge. Uh, we we rush around uh, trying to find somebody in charge of this um, uh, this menagerie, and as we as we um, rush back to the, sort of the front of the whole thing where it meets the actual road, um, we can see that arriving with the first kind of group of people is Darren, with his um, with his Knights of Kvosna uniform on and uh, and looking very snazzy with his um, his blue cape. Uh, adorned at the shoulders, uh, uh, attached at the shoulders, and adorning his his armor, looking very um, official. 
and we rush over to him. Hey, Darren. Um, oh, morning, Apis. Uh, yeah, morning. Um, listen, I managed to get something good for the menagerie. Oh, yeah. What's what's that? You managed to find a badger? And I I did find a badger. Yeah, I found a couple of rabbits for the. And you fill them in on all the little animals you found. All right, that sounds sounds good. Well, I also found, uh, more importantly, something for your pit. Um, oh, yeah. What? What? Where, where is it? It's in the pit. You got it. Okay. What? What? What have you? What have you got in there? Like, uh, well, have you heard of a Sasquatch? <laughs> and he goes, uh, what? <laughs> I'm gonna see if he has actually heard of it. No. Have you heard of a Bigfoot? Uh, yes. Right. Sasquatch is another name for a Bigfoot, and I found one, and the, and it's in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, right, I see. And he sort of looks around at the, the people nearby and he goes, okay, gotcha. And you're like, no, I, I don't think you do got me. I, I've i actually found a Bigfoot and it's in the... And he goes, I don't... Okay, sure. Uh, um, yeah, so if you'd like to start with the um, the uh, the children's area, the first first one you'll come across on the path up to the main house, uh, you'll see some badgers and some rabbits to play with and things. Kids can go nuts. There's some hedgehogs in there. Just make sure that, you, you know, watching your fingers, ooh, they'll spike you. Um, right. And then the, he sort of sends the family off ahead so that he's not with you. And then uh, and then he goes, I'm, sorry, I, now that you're on your own, he goes, what? I don't, I don't understand. What have you found? I found a Bigfoot. But no, but what is it actually? You've like dressed it up to look like a Bigfoot. No, I'm, I... What do do you not believe that he goes, big 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 feet big footed big foots, big Sasquatches or whatever you call them they're they they're fictional they're they they're, they're children's stories they're like the bogeyman and things, say so, <laughs> right I see no they're not they're just very very rare, come and come and see I'll see if I can find it for you, and very confused he kind of you lead him over, and you look down into the pit, he goes I. I don't see it. And he goes, well, they're very shy, but I assure you it's in there. I put it in there myself last night. And you go around all four sides of this pit looking for it. I'm going to see how long it takes you to find it. Uh, Darren is not doing too well with his perception check. Uh, nor are you. But Darren was actually slightly better than yours. Oh, no, he wasn't. Nope, because you've got a better perception modifier. So it takes you both quite a long time to actually find the damn thing. But eventually, you find one area where you go, that, that's, that's it, that's it. And you look down between two branches and you see like the smallest bit of fur and you can kind of see its furry leg just like it's sitting, like it's sitting on its haunches, just all curled up, kind of like a sitting fetal position. And you're like, that's it there. And he goes, all oh, right. Okay, so, I, so what is it? It's, it's a creature. It's like a, it stands tall like a person, but it's got the mind of a, a beast, and it's called a Bigfoot. It's like it's like I don't know, taller than you. Like if I was to stand on your shoulders, maybe it'd be about that tall. And he goes, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah." I mean, that's, that's how did you get it back here? Well, and you try and tell him the story a bit, and it takes like ten minutes of explaining the story to. Right. Okay. Well, that's amazing. Um, we should we should remove some of these branches so that uh, people can actually see it. And you're like, I it's I I, fe I already feel a little bit uneasy about having the thing 
here in the first place. But I think I think giving it its privacy, like it'll come out when it needs to come out. It'll say you know it'll be there. It'll be part of the part of the experience that people have actually got to like work to see it properly. I I don't think people want to have to do work. I, I it's it's just trust me. It'll it'll feel more comfortable if it. I mean it's a beast, right? And why is it? Why do we need to make it feel comfortable? It needs to be calm, or we we're inciting trouble. Is this thing dangerous? It it could be. It looked like it was strong enough to be a problem, and I don't know how easily it could climb out of this thing. Okay. Should we... I mean... Do we have to have someone watching it the whole time? Because I've got, I've got to watch over the whole menagerie today. I don't think we need to have somebody watching it the whole time. I, would, I think we just need a signpost saying what it is and saying to be quiet around it, like nice quiet voices so it doesn't get stressed out. Okay. Okay. I just don't want to stress it out because it's it does it doesn't seem right to to be un un unnecessarily cruel to towards it. All right. Yeah, okay. Okay. I can I can um I'll get no, John's busy today. I'll get um I suppose I can do it. I can I can I can put I can paint a sign to say people to be quiet. Right, and maybe limit the amount of people around. Maybe like five or ten people at a time up against the fence and take it in turns. And I don't. People won't, won't want. Well, tr trust me. Like if if we limit this thing, then people will actually be more interested in being like, oh, what is it? And then they'll come up and they'll spend their time looking for it. And if they don't find it in a few few minutes, they have to go back to the back and have to come back. And it'll actually make it more exciting that people have. It's like a thing that they, people have to do to to keep to to actually put work into seeing this thing. It's a, it's a rare creature. People will want to see it. Yeah. All right. I'll, we'll do it your way and see if see if it works. Um. <clears throat> I'll I'll go and get the. What does it eat? Uh. Well, I know it eats meat. Um. I know it eats. Uh, I, I I fed it some of the manticore meat. Uh. Yesterday and it uh seemed to appease it a little bit. Um. I don't know. I, I I honestly don't really know much about the animal. To be honest, I think it eats anything that it can. It seemed sort of scavengy when I when I found it. Right. Okay. Well, we've got, we've got meat on hand to. Uh, well, it's mostly to feed. I, su I suppose I could ask the the Coltons are in. Um, you can ask the Coltons. The Coltons are running one of the stalls on the way f uh, to town. If you ask them if they if you can get some more of that manticore meat, maybe they'll send Victor to to grab it for you. Uh, and then we've got something to feed it. Hey, all right, we'll do. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, you make the sign. I'll go and talk to the Coltons. So he goes off to find a, a, a board and some paint to to write up a little sign saying everybody be quiet around this thing, no more than five people around it at once, kind of thing. Um, while we're gonna go try and find some food for it. Would Sally have had a book at her place about Bigfoot? Um, unlikely. Unlikely, we can we can go back to Sally's place and see if we see if see if the, we have any luck. But it's unlikely; they're very very rare creatures. So, do we have a god level hunter's mark on that bloody dragon? Um, Apis, as they're walking between the menagerie and town, um, has a moment to reflect on the dream that they had, and they feeling. Feeling what Hunter's Mark feels like. Apis closes their eyes and focuses 
on on the feeling of of direction that they get from Hunter's Mark when they have when they have marked a quarry. The subtle advantage that they get in hunting down the creature. It doesn't feel like you've got one active. In today's D&D session we're playing Zoo Tycoon. Yeah, apparently. Alright, so Apis continues to make their way back towards town. Um, and it's not long before they start to come across some of those uh, stalls and individual um, nooks and and tables that were that were being set up yesterday. Thankfully, it's a relatively clear day. The first stall that, P that Apis comes across is uh, seemingly being run by Trevor the Tanner, and. Uh, Trevor has a, um, a, a, a table set up, a small sort of square table with a stack of rings on it. And then at various uh, distances from the table, there are deer antlers that have been stuck into the ground. And there are, uh, there's a little sign on the table that says uh, antler toss um, and, and different uh, points for the different uh, antlers that you can get the rings around and there's a couple of people standing there um, there's a young fella in his like early teens and either his sister or maybe his girlfriend or something they're about the same age and uh, and they're, they're, they're both taking turns tossing rings at the uh, antlers across the across the sort of path from that uh, Katie corner wise to it is a a bunch of the um, uh, archery um, targets that we saw being set up yesterday as well and you can see that there's uh, Carl the blacksmith slash Fletcher who is um, who is running an archery competition there uh, doing some uh, nobody's actually playing that one yet but he's got like a small weapons rack with three different bows um, in it and like a, bun uh, a quiver of arrows sitting next to them um, and he's just kind of sitting down reading a book at the moment no he's probably still setting up he'd probably um he'd probably be behind tinkering away behind one of the um the stands getting it up to, to stand right because it's kind of on a wobble and he's making sure to put it at the right angles and things so there's some archery competition there um then there is a a little bit further along there is a a, a table set up with uh with three uh young children around it and the parents sitting with them as well um it's uh, a, a bunch of parchment and uh, and and little wax crayons, uh, and it's a drawing competition um, run by Oliver, the the young um, prospective squire that you brought to town, and and he's helping some of the kids draw some animals, and um, and he's just showing them which crayons to use and things. A little bit further on from that, um, there is a. Um, there is a, a food stall set up, and you can see that Franklin is there, and there's a fun, uh, he's he's sort of uh, got a bunch of plate platters out in front of him that are covered by thin white sheets at first, and he's sort of still setting up, but he's he obviously got food under there. You um, say good morning to him, and morning, morning, Opus. How's how are you doing? Um, good, thanks. How how you doing, Franklin? Uh, yeah, good, good. Just setting up. Um, I'll be. Ready before ready before lunch, I think for 
or morning morning tea when people are interesting to interested in having a little snack. I've got something. Gretchen's uh, setting up uh, a stall just out up the ways as well, so people can come and go as they need. I think um, I think uh, uh, Quentin's helping helping Gretchen with the stall. We're gonna have a a pig on a spit later tonight for for dinner. Oh, wonderful! That's great. I'm just uh, on my way to speak to the Coltons, so I'll, be, I'll pop back in a second. Uh, right, you are, and he, we leave him to his thing and doing doing what uh, doing what he's doing as we go and uh, check on the Coltons. Uh, as we get to them, we realise that they have set up a large uh, a large um, painting on a board of wood that has been nailed to a tree. A large painting of a deer. Um, but the deer is sort of standing, looking as if it's kind of startled, uh, sideways on to the the viewer, and <clears throat> and then there is um, in front of that there's like a, a a table maybe like thirty feet back, and there's a bunch of like uh, ribbons and things on there, and it says um, strike uh, it says uh, strike the deer with the arrow on the on a sign on front of their table, and they've got a bunch of arrows. Um, uh, arrows on the uh, on the table in front of them, but the arrow tips have got like a um, a small cross on it instead of being a an arrow head. It's a small cross like uh, perpendicular to the arrow shaft. And then next to that is a small shallow bowl with some sort of pigment in it, some sort of paint. And uh, as we arrive, Mary and Charlotte see us coming. Oh, hello. Um, Oh, Apis, how, how how you doing? Good morning, uh, chap. Uh, good morning, Cottons. How you doing? You doing well? I um I was told to come and find you because uh, I understand you grabbed the rest of that uh, manticore meat, right? Uh, we did, yes. Uh, do you, you, have you used it all up and <laughs> used it all? We barely got reason to use it. We we figured that the pigs might eat it, but even they're turning up their nose at it, really. Um, We've only got uh, the two pigs at the moment, and they're not—they're not really. I mean, they're not really taking to being on the farm yet. But I think they'll settle in and eat what they're given eventually. Um, well, I could do with some of that uh, that, that meat, um, if you don't mind. And she says, "No, of course not. What do you need it for?" Well, <laughs> you know the menagerie that's just been built. Yes. I managed to find something in the woods uh, to put into the pit, and I think it'll enjoy some of that meat. Is that right? What did you? What is it? Have you heard of a Sasquatch? Let's see if they have. Um, Mary says no, and Charlotte says yes, you have. It's um, another name for the Bigfoot. She says, oh yes, I found one. <laughs> you found one. Are they real? I, I mean, I, I found one, so hopefully so. You found a, like you, and there's one in the menagerie. Like, where can we see it? And she said, uh, "Yeah, you can't just. I, it's gonna be there all day, so you know, just there's no rush. Uh, it, it feels, it's quite a shy creature. Uh, very well, very good at hiding. Um, I think at the moment it's keeping itself to itself underneath the foliage, but once it gets a little bit." more um, used to being in there maybe it'll perhaps be slightly easier to see throughout the day right wow wow 
a big I didn't even know that they were they were real. I thought that they were just sort of children's myths. No, I kind of thought the same as well until I found one yesterday on on the on the journey. It's quite um it's quite a, quite a big thing. Uh it probably needs quite a lot of food. So I don't want it to go hungry. And uh, do, do you know do, do you know where I can find the um, the meat? For, uh, and she says, uh, "Oh uh, yeah, we can we can send Victor back to the farm uh, for it. Do you need like right now?" Uh, I I do actually. Yeah, I think I, I don't want it to like miss out on eating throughout the day. So I'd rather have something for it to let it know that it's still safe. Right. Um, well, I I I I guess we can. Wait, well, Victor's probably on his way back from the farm. He's probably not going to enjoy his sending him back again immediately. But hey, that's part of his job. Um, all right, when when Victor gets back, uh, we'll send him out to the farm. Um, you can obviously go yourself. Uh, we can tell you where the meat is, and you can go and fetch it. But if you can wait, then Victor Victor should be arriving back here any time in the next sort of half an hour, uh, and we can send him back to get more of the the meat and things. Uh, what do you guys think? What would Apis do? Are you gonna are you gonna wait to allow Victor to go and do the errand for you, or are you gonna um, you gonna rush out to the Colton's farm yourself and try and get some food, get some meat for the Bigfoot? Where's Mel? Mel's around. Uh, Mel's probably still by the um, the menagerie. Victor would have a cart to use. Yes, play the archery game. Send Victor. Go back to Bigfoot to make sure it's safe. Can play some festival games while we wait. All right, most people saying we're going to wait, so I think we um, we wait. We're going to have a, uh, a look around. We say, All right, uh, I'll I'll um, I'll pop I'll I'll pop back over when Victor arrives just to explain what it is that I need and and what have you. Um, I'm just going to enjoy the festival. And she says, Yeah, um, right, you are. Um, did you know Mosh is going to be running a hunting competition later? He is. Uh, yeah, um, after some time in the afternoon, he said he's going to be hunting. Well, he's going to st- start it soon, but like you've got all day, and then he's going to be counting it in the afternoon before nightfall. Uh, it's it. I think you can go and talk to him. He's just up, and she gestures further towards the town. It's, um, he's he's just getting people to sign up now, and and then uh, whoever can bring back the most animals and things by the end of the day, uh, they get a, a prize of some kind. I'm not sure what it is. Oh right, yeah. Then I'll go and uh, I'll go and have a, a word. And you wander off to um, to to see what else there is. Um, the next one you come across is a uh, is a stall that's being set up by John the carpenter and his wife Clarissa. Um, and uh, it's it, on the front of their their little stall, their little table. Uh, there's a signpost painted that says "Guess the tracks." And um, and around them is a a large. Uh, it's probably like t- ten to fifteen feet by ten to fifteen feet. Um, uh, almost looks like a vegetable patch. It's like just wooden borders around a uh, a, a a bit of dirt, a big square of dirt, and the dirt is kind of wet and and muddy. And you can see that in the in the dirt, there's a bunch of different uh, footprints. That have been laid, uh, laid there, and you can see next to the um, next to the table bef- be- behind where John is sitting on the, one of the chairs. There's a bunch of like wooden stampers with uh, wooden cutouts of various different animal feet that he's obviously stamped into the dirt. And you can see that there's like um, 
there's two adults uh, you probably recognize um, let's say who would it be you can probably see um, Uh, one of the one of the um, the guys who runs this uh, uh, this stable hand, the one who's kind of uh, out and about looking after. Um, wait, stable hand would imply you've got a stable. We don't really have a stables, do we? Uh, he's probably just like a, um, a handyman kind of a, a role, just like a. Um, he's a young fella, and he would be in charge of kind of just lots of little handyman tasks around town. Um, young fella you know his name to be William um, and he's standing there going uh, is that one a bear? I don't know uh, I don't know is it maybe uh, he's playing the game um, and then continuing on from there we can see that uh, there is uh, almost back all the way to town now uh, you can see that there is a little stall set up uh, just a simple table with um, with some papers uh, on it and it says hunting competition on the front and Mosh is sitting behind or standing behind the desk talking to somebody in front now um, and signing them up for the hunting competition. So we go and uh, say hello to Mosh. Uh, morning Mosh. Oh, Apis, morning. How are you? Um, great, thanks Mosh. I uh, just wanted to come say hello and uh, wish you happy Altabris <laughs> and but right back at you. Uh, you want to sign up for the hunting competition? You'd probably be in a sure, sure win to uh, a sure win to win it. <laughs> uh, maybe I did a lot of hunting yesterday, though. I went out uh, for quite a long, quite a lot of hours last night. I actually didn't get to sleep till about I don't know wee hours of the morning. <laughs> Is that right? What were you hunting? Well, uh, you you know that pit at the um, menagerie? Yeah, I managed to fill it. You you filled it in? No, no, no. I managed to get something to inhabit that pit. What do you mean? I found something, uh, a, a star of your show, a star of your menagerie, if you if you will. Something that will draw people in. Yeah, go on. What'd you find, like a owlbear or something? No, better than that. Oh, uh, don't tell me. Uh, we find like a... Like a giant boar or something? Not a giant boar, no. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I give up. Have you heard of a Sasquatch? Us? Uh, yeah. I've never seen you. Yeah, wait, you telling me you got a Sasquatch? I'm telling you, I got a Sasquatch. You got a? You you found a Sasquatch in in these woods? Yeah, I mean, in your menagerie now, but yeah, it was in the woods. You'd pull my leg. I'm not pulling your leg. I'm, I'm, t I'm hundred percent serious. What's it look like? Uh, well, and you describe it. It's about yay big and like that, and big arms and furry and all this. You give a description of what this particular one looks like. Well, I never. I'd, I'd say if you were registered for the hunting competition, you'd have won just with that. <laughs> but you weren't, so... And he kind of, like, looks down at the, the note in front of him. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... I don't know. I, I, I'll think on it, but we'll see. So what... How did you get it back? 
well, <laughs> I had a portion of comprehension and you launch into the story of exactly how it happened and the, and you take a good 20 minutes of talking to him to explain uh, what the story was and how did you get it here and everything. Right. Well, God's damn. <laughs> I mean, I always knew you were good at it, but uh, I didn't realize you were quite that adept at your hunting. Yeah, well, just took a bit of convincing, uh, but we got it there. I just want some uh, food for it now. And as you're talking to him, you see Victor trundle back down behind you towards um, the Coltons, and you say, Oh, uh, Victor! Sorry, one second, Marsh. You walk over to Victor. Um, listen, I know you've just come back from the Coltons, and as he's arriving, you can see that he's bringing back a couple of crates of things that are covered over, and he's obviously gone and fetched them and then trundled back with them. Sorry to do this, but um, I might have to send you back to the, the farm. And he says, uh, <laughs> no problem. I mean, that uh, is what I do, I suppose. What what do you need from the Colton's farm? Say, well, uh, I, I need some of that, man, some more of that manticore meat. He goes, oh, I got a taste for it, eh? <laughs> no, no, not quite. But I know someone who does. Really? They probably shouldn't eat it. It's probably, no, I, it's not a person. Um... It's a beast that we've got in the menagerie that um, that might want to eat it. Right. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll just deliver this to Mary and Charlotte and then I'll, I'll be back, I suppose. Right. Um, they'll tell you the same. Um, if, uh, I'll catch you on your way back through. All right, then. Uh, you turn back around to Mush. So, do you want to see it? He goes... Uh, I do, but um, I kind of got to. Uh, I'm, I'm catching people on the way through. Once the once the once it dies off in the late morning, I'll I'll me- meander my way over there, right? <laughs> Slimy manticore meat goes down smoothly. Yeah, it lubricates the throat as he eats it. <laughs> all right. So what is Apis wanting to do now? I've introduced you to all of the uh, the things. You can see that um, just opposite from uh, Mosh's place is um, uh, Quentin and Gretchen setting up a food stall as well. So there's two different food stalls. Um, there's a hunting competition, a guess the tracks competition, a drawing competition, and a strike the deer with the arrow competition. Pin the tail and the donkey, essentially. Uh, archery competition and a deer antler ring toss. And then there's the menagerie to have a look around. What are the prizes? What are the prizes? Um, as we're about to uh, as we're about to leave, and um, he turns around and uh, we turn around and say, um, by, "By the way, what's just out of interest? What's your what's your prize that you're offering?" And he goes, "Oh, I, I arranged a deal with uh, with Carl uh, Fletcher. Uh, I've got some particularly well-made uh, arrows. He'd, he's going to provide a quiver of um, a quiver of arrows, or uh, for the for the winner, uh, they get a they get their first bow." They get to keep one of the, the nice bows, obviously, if you were to win, then we're not going to provide you with anything better than what you got already. But it's like to encourage the kiddies, uh, the teenagers and things. Um, I'm going to encourage them to, to take up uh, hunting and, and providing for the town. Uh, and they get a quiver of nice arrows, too. Particularly well-made leather as well on the on the quiver. Oh, it's nice. And he says, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's really down to you, I suppose, uh, whether you want to take part, but I don't think you'd. I don't think the prize is what you'd be doing it for, <laughs> right? I think I, I think I might have done my my share of hunting in the last couple of days. I might let some of the kids win. 
Hit right you are. Um, so you make, you make your way back towards uh, the menagerie, and then as you uh, as you walk back, you see that the um, the guess the tracks uh, has a monetary prize, like you pay to you pay to attempt it, and then if you get them right, um, if you get a certain number right, you win a certain number back, that sort of thing. Um, the drawing table is just for drawing, just for like entertaining yourself with drawing pictures of animals and things. Um, there's no like. There's no prize to. There's no uh, monetary cost to enter, but there's also no prize to win. It's just an interesting, interesting thing to do. Uh, the strike, strike the deal with the arrow competition is a competition, and there is a money, money, um, a monetary uh, entry fee. Um, but there's a prize that they've they've currently said is a secret prize um, for the winner at the end of the day. Whoever gets the closest. And the and the idea is that you've got to try and strike it um, as close as you can to the head of the deer. Then there is that's the drawing, gets the tracks, hunting competition, uh, strike the deer with the arrow. Uh, the deer antler ring toss is um, a monetary thing back as well. Like you pay a little money to play, and then you uh, you get some money back if you can get the most points, uh, regardless of it. Regarding how many points you get, uh, that depends on how much money you get back. And then the archery competition with Carl, um, that is, and actually, I, th I forgot to write down which one, uh, what the prize for that one was, because I was thinking that Carl had Carl was given the arrows, but he was given the arrows for the hunting competition. So the archery competition would probably be a. I feel like he would probably be able to give some uh, some arrows as well. He'd probably be able to put together some nice arrowheads. I feel like yeah, I feel like that one is uh, a monetary prize. If you for for the different points, the different rings, um, but if you manage to bullseye every one of your shots, then um, then you probably win a, a set of nice arrows. By which I mean like um, masters master craft arrows, meaning like plus one arrows. Strike the deer competition is a must. I feel like do some sweet sweet little scribbles of animals. We should check back on the pit first. All right, yeah, people, a lot of people wanting to check back on the Sasquatch. <clears throat> so, um, Apis heads back towards the menagerie to check on the Sasquatch. Let me give you some fun dice to look at behind me in the, in the meantime. Here you go. Apis heads back past the festival games and things to, uh, to the menagerie, um, and the menagerie is bustling now. You can see that there are about 12 people around the Sasquatch pit. Um, completely ignoring the sign that has been put up that says uh, "quiet, please," and then underneath in smaller letters, uh, "no more than uh, no more than six people around uh, the pit at once." You can see that Darren is over over in the um, uh, the petting zoo area, um, making sure that the kids aren't scaring the chickens and running after the badgers and things. And uh, don't 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 get too close. The badgers have got claws. They they want it. They might. They might hurt you. Uh, right. Um. Uh, yeah. That if if the hedgehog's spike. Yeah, I told you the hedgehog was spiky. Don't don't get too close to it. Um. Oh, what's that? Yeah. Uh. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's a Sasquatch. Apparently. Um. Yeah. Could you could come off come off down the fence, please? Off of the fence. We haven't constructed it to be climbed on. They're just for keeping the animals in. Apis, hey, how's it going? How you doing? You good? And Mel is buzzing around in this uh, in this field as well, getting chased by kids. Yay, bee! So, what do you want to do? Be assertive. Tell the people to get back. 
Darren's going to get burnt out by the end of the festival. He certainly is. Make a beeline for Darren. So now we're past the pit. We say, excuse me, can you everybody step back, please, away? It's a Sasquatch. It's very, it can be a very dangerous animal. The sign says only six people at once. And everybody's like, oh, yeah. And they think they're one of the six, so they don't move. You're like, yeah. I may be drawing on my own experience as a, as, a zoo tour guide here. <laughs> you, 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 you and you, step back, please. Form a queue here. There's a queue here, and you you come down and you get your um, you get your uh, um, your longsword out, and you down into the the dirt, and you <laughs> scratch a big groove into the dirt, and like right, this is the queue. You stand here until somebody leaves, and then you can step up and have a look as well. Right, 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 right. And as soon as you start off the queue, then people know that there's a queue, um, and. Now that now that there's a queue and we're base, basing this uh, this area of the world in fantasy Britain, Britain British people like to queue, so uh, so that, so it might start to uh, help itself a little more now that you've actually put something in in place to say like there's a queue here. Um, so we quickly like pop our head uh, over the pit to see if we can see the Sasquatch and it's still seemingly in the same place as when we um, when we left it, and so we're like okay well it's hard to. Hard to see, um, and it's probably not liking all the attention, being that it's such a shy animal. But we walk back over to Darren um, and say, "Right, um, thanks for the sign. We need to really enforce that, though, because people." Are, and he goes, "I don't have. I. I would love to. Uh, I, I until Kathleen gets here, I'm. I'm on my own here." Right, yeah. Um, how about inside? If you and he goes, "Once people get inside the the free rain, I can't. I. I can't." handle them inside as well I, I think the birds are able to get away from them before they before, like the, the birds are going to have to look after themselves okay I'm, I'm out here looking after the badgers and making sure people don't get their fingers bitten off And right okay I'll check inside and you walk inside um, and as you walk uh, into the um, as you walk into the uh, building the, in, the enclosed building that is acting like a birdhouse you can see that there is uh, alongside all of the um, all of the branches and shelves and things that have been put around the, the area uh, right up to the rafters to give this thing some dynamic kind of cam canopy-esque look to it where the birds can fly around and hide and things. You can also see that along one wall there is a, a manticore that's been uh, placed sideways onto the thing, uh, onto the wall and has been like all the bones have kind of been screwed together and it does not it does not look like a very good manticore because it's been very hastily screwed together <laughs> and it's all kind of like misshapen and uh, but it's got open it's got its mouth um and it's kind of not even like ferociously roaring because it's got a bunch of its teeth missing so it's just kind of head is just like on the wall there um, and then a cr and then you like look up at it and you see all the birds flying around and there's a couple of people inside like oh look at that one and oh is that an owl and no it's not an owl that one's a it's a bird of so is this not no it's a blue one no the blue no, behind the blue one idiot I'm not talking about the blue I'm not thinking it's a blue owl behind the blue one yeah there that one isn't that an owl oh, I don't know I didn't see it I didn't get enough um, view of it and then uh, you you sort of turn around to leave again and you see that above the door. There is a manticore skin that has been stuffed, and uh, and it's got its um, it's got its eyes open like fero ferociously, and they've got like two stones in there that have been painted, and because it's been so hastily done, its eyes are not quite pointing in the same direction, um, <laughs> and and it's kind of not looking the uh, again not looking the most ferocious thing because its mouth is sewn shut, 
but it's it's sort of just hanging on the wall and uh it probably after today it will probably be get uh, getting taken down to finish it tanning because it's still not finished the tanning process but they needed it up on the wall for ultim uh, so we okay well there you go and you, you you take a moment to reflect on how not intimidating this manticore what it is now compared to what it was when you saw it literally bite a man's head off you're like hmm quite the difference how the mighty have fallen been skinned and placed on a wall in a tavern for people to gawk at you're like well sure that's what that's what you get fagos uh, and you leave the little birdhouse and and uh, spend the next 10 minutes going between Darren in the petting zoo and uh, and crowd control around the Sasquatch, making sure people stay back until uh, later in the morning. It's probably about 11 or so by now. Um, Kathleen arrives and you debrief her on the fact that you've got a Sasquatch and you're going to need people to stay back because it's going to get freaked out and all of this sort of stuff. Um, and she takes over and, uh, and and takes charge, and people start to listen to her. Um, and she she's in charge of keeping people away from the, the Sasquatch now. Uh, about another half an hour after that, you meet Victor coming the other way on the road, trundling a cart behind him, filled with um, very pungent and rotting manticore offal. And you tell him where to go, like keep it away from the the crowds and take it round the back of the Sasquatch pit. And then, uh, and then you can start feeding time. So, what do you want to do? You want to be involved in the feeding. All right. Should we hire more help as well, though, for added comfort for my sanity? <laughs> I mean, who would who would you want to hire? This town has got like a hundred people in it, and most people are here at the menagerie. Should we put the ladder down and calm the Sasquatch personally, or would that be too dangerous? It might be dangerous. That's up to you. If Apis wants to try and feed this Sasquatch by hand then you can do so. You can go down into the um, the pit and try and feed it, but there is an element of danger to it, obviously. Make sure of it, allow everyone to watch, but everyone's standing back. Point out to Darren how well people respect Kathleen. <laughs> it's just to dig the knife in. Does Apis have animal handling? Yes, they do. You can see over in the skills box, the words animal handling. So if we're doing animal handling, we get a plus four to it. Unless we're in, in, the, in our favored terrain of the forest and somehow the animal handling pertains to being in a forest. Then we get another two to it as well. Forest bonus. We are not in a forest. Cultivate from the top. Let it know that we're giving it the food that we promised. It might recognise our voice. Sasquatch at least knows us. We're the only one it knows here, and we do know signs to talk to it. I want to see everyone. It would if it wanted to see anyone, it would be us. All right. So are we uh, are we going down into the pit ourselves? Yes or no? Shall we climb down into the pit to feed the Sasquatch in person? The benefit of doing so could be that we would draw it out from the bushes where people can actually see it and get their fill of like, oh my god, it's actually a Sasquatch. The danger of doing it, it could be that we're, we might be putting ourselves in danger if it freaks out and tries to climb out or attack us or something. All right, with two thirds of the vote, two out of every three people think, yes, Apis is going to climb down into the pit to feed it in person. So a third of Apis thinks, this is, uh, maybe I shouldn't go down there. But then a third of Apis thinks, this needs to, this creature needs to be fed and it'll feel more comfortable if I'm, if I'm feeding the food rather than just like throwing food at it. 
and then a third of Ipis is like if we it might still understand our sign and things and understand us so we'll be able to like coax it into feeling safe and sound if we're down there with it so I guess I'll I'll, I'll go down and we'll see how it goes so Apis uh, Apis says to the people listen um what's going to happen I've just I've ju- we've just received uh, the food I'm going to grab the ladder I'm going to climb down there I'm going to feed the Sasquatch try and lure it out to a p- point where you guys can see it so make sure you're uh, you're back away from I don't want anybody falling in I don't want any noises to be made we all need to be on our best behavior keeping quiet okay keeping quiet and not doing anything to startle uh, the Sasquatch okay so I am going to before anything else I'm going to roll a persuasion check on Apis's behalf to see how well you have persuaded the people that they need to stay back and keep quiet because Kathleen is there and she helps you try and crowd control I will give you advantage so you have advantage on the roll let's use the two different Apis dice that we have now this is going to be a persuasion check we could also use a magical rope rather than a ladder yes alright so persuasion check brah that is an 8 or a 10. 10 plus our persuasion of 1 is an 11. Alright, so with an 11 persuasion, Apis tries to um, persuade the crowds. Don't get too excited, don't get too loud and, and what have you. Uh, I'm going to grab some food and, and, and head on down into the pit. So, are we going to use a ladder that we used to get in there in the first place yesterday, or are we going to use our magical rope and, like, climb down there by a knotted rope instead? The difference is, with a ladder we don't need to make an athletics check, with a rope we do. But with a ladder, Sasquatch doesn't need to make an uh, athletics check, and with the rope it does. We can knot the rope. Um, We can make the rope knot itself at one-foot intervals, giving us advantage on the athletics check. Two-thirds of people wanting to use the rope rather than the ladder, so that's what Apis is going to do. Apis thinks about get, going to grab the ladder and then thinks, oh, actually, if I use the ladder, this thing could could clamber out as well. I use, I've got magic rope. I can, I, can, I can use my magic rope to get in and out. So how are we going to grab the uh, food? Are we going to grab it with our hands? It's, it, it's like rotting, slimy, uh, several-day-old manticore meat and offal on the back of a wooden cart. Should be sacks around, find one of those to put it around, attach it to our belt. That's a smart idea. We'll do that one. Drop the meat first. Get a bucket. Yeah, we'll we'll be able to find a bucket. Let's uh, let's say that they've uh, they've got a, a bucket around the um, the menagerie. Uh, we ask Darren to run off and grab us a bucket. He, he does so. We grab the bucket. We we get a pitchfork and use that to fill the bucket with um, just rancid meat. And then we. Um, Put a little bit of the. We grab. Um, let's go with a, our regular rope, um, and up and over our sh- shoulders and tie it on so that with the buckets like hanging down behind our back, as we can clamber down the rope. And we grab our magic rope out, and we hold one end, and we tell the other end to activate, and we give it the elvish command word, and it kind of like a a snake just sort of stays there waiting for the next command. 
and then we give it the command to uh, to tie, and it grabs a hold of the. Um, uh, let's say there's a, a a tree that overhangs the the pit, and it wraps around um, the base, the the trunk of the tree that's overhanging the the pit, and then up and tang tang tug tug tug. Yep, yeah, that's straightens. Uh, straight and, and, and tight and so we give it the command to knot itself and then the the rope kind of loops in in one foot ranges and knots into into big lumps so that every foot there's a there's a knot for us to uh, to put our hands and feet on and then we throw the rest over it over the, into the pit and it um it lands on the ground in like a coil and then we approach uh, the edge and we turn around and start to make our way back down into the pit moving nice and slow and carefully with advantage on our uh, advantage on our um, athletics check it's going to be an athletics check plus three because we've got strength and proficiency in it so that is a five and a six Five and a six plus three is nine. Would you like to use your lucky horseshoe or do you want to hope that nine is enough to not fall 30 feet into this pit? Most people say keep the horseshoe for animal handling or something else that we need it for. So how it works with rolling with advantage, rolling a luck point with advantage means that I take the lower of the two numbers, which in this case was a five, and I re-roll that one. So I keep the six, I re-roll the five, and then I use advantage on whichever happens to be the higher number after the reroll. I'd say actually 30 feet seems a little much. It's probably closer to like 20 feet, this, this pit. Just retconning that. I feel like it's probably about a 20 foot pit. Any less and it wouldn't be a pit. And any more and it's like, why, why did they have such a deep pit around the place? Yeah, I'm gonna say 20, 20 foot uh, pit. All right, 54% of the vote saying, no, we are not gonna use our lucky horseshoe. We're just gonna hope that nine is enough. So let me get out my uh, my DM screen where on the back of it, it tells you how much fall damage you're gonna take because nine is not enough. Nine is almost enough. So because it's almost enough, I'm gonna say that you managed to make it at least halfway down before falling. So as you uh, clambering down this rope, um, you sort of look back and you're making sure that you're going in the right areas and because the walls are not like smooth stone um, There's a moment where you're kind of like abseiling walking your way down the wall um, And then the uh, a bit of dirt like one of the rocks that's in the dirt wall of this uh, this hut <laughs> Slips out as your foot hits it and, and it turns you backwards and it slips you around and your your shoulders sort of boom Badge into the wall and it makes your hands slip and then as you go to grab it you fall and you fall about 10 feet and as you fall you can make as a reaction a dexterity check a dexterity saving throw rather so apis's dexterity saving throw you can see that it's white around the dexterity word meaning that you are proficient in dexterity saving throws so you get a plus three plus another two for being proficiency uh for being proficient so you get a plus five to your dexterity saving throws that is a four. Four plus nine is not enough to make the DC, so you're not going to half the damage. You are going to land prone. Thankfully for you, ten foot fall is not a lot of damage. Ooh, but I rolled... I rolled a four. 
Unfortunately, they slipped halfway down, <laughs> fell, and took four points of bludgeoning damage <laughs> as they slammed down hard on the ground. And this is what we're looking at. We have a pit surrounded. We have a hello. We have a pit surrounding, uh, surrounded by gawkers and hangers-on, and a sasquatch hiding out in the bushes. And as we have climbed, clambered down our rope, we've slipped and fallen prone. As we slam down, we hear a the sound of what can only be described as a startled, a startled sas. Well, can't even be described as that because it's a tongue twister. A startled Sasquatch. <laughs> who seems to be freaking out. And I need you to roll initiative. As I always say, initiative does not necessarily mean combat. It just means that turn-based turn situation is important. So, Apis rolls first. And gets an 18. 18 plus 3 from dexterity gets us to a 21 initiative. Mel is not yet around. She is not on the initiative order as yet. But if we call out for her, if we, call, if we get in trouble and call out for Mel, then she's close enough by that she could potentially come and uh, help out. And now let's roll for the Bigfoot. Bigfoot's dexterity. All right. So with a 21 initiative, Apis will be going first. We need to decide what is Apis going to do on this first turn of combat. In order to decide that, we will open up Nightbot and we will get you guys to start, start deciding who's going to Who's going to uh, take control of Apis for what they're going to do in the first round of combat? Or the first round of initiative, I should say. You roll well. If you decide well and roll well, then you may be able to prevent this from turning into a combat. But the Sasquatch is a beast. A beast that has been uh, encaptured and gawked at for a night uh, and a morning. And a beast that may be hungry and may be frightened and may be cornered and wanting to escape. So there is definitely a very real chance that this thing might attack or try and fight its way out. Did we land on the meat? I, I would say that poof, we landed down hard and the bucket had, had, had fallen out to the side. Poof, the bucket has turned and a bunch of the meat has now fallen out of the bucket. We do not stink of meat. We describe the pit. Well, the pit is, in my mind, the pit was much more sort of, it wasn't a, a, a regular shape because uh, it hasn't been, it's ma mainly been repurposed from an existing uh, hole in the ground. But there is, uh, there is a largely non-nondescript non shape, um, closely akin to a circle, I suppose, for the sake of the map. Uh, and down into the pit has been thrown a whole bunch of just. Um, uh, garden refuse there, there's 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 a few tree branches and a stump of a tree in the center there's a few logs and bro dead twigs and broken twigs and things uh things that you can see on the map there from one side to the other is about 40 feet ape is, is at the bottom of a 20 foot rope that is tied to the tree 
about 10 feet away. And the Bigfoot is currently less than 30 feet from us. Alright, looks like everybody who wants to be involved has already entered the keyword, so let's roll it. Hitech G33K, can you can you um, tell, let us know that you're in the chat still? You're still here? Ooh, look at that. On time, you've already written it out, ready to go. I like the efficiency, Hitech. Grab a handful of meat, slowly walk towards Sasquatch, saying softly, here's some food, while using the other hand to sign eating. Put the hand to the mouth, etc., while saying, shh, it's okay, buddy. So what you're trying there is you're going to use your action to try and animal handling calm this thing down. Love it. All right, let's give that a go. Apis is going to use half of their movement to stand up from prone. Ugh. Apis normally has 25 feet of movement being a dwarf, so now they've got about 12 and a half feet of movement left. You're going to look across to the Sasquatch who has <laughs> st suddenly started moving uh, the most they've moved for a while. Um, you also hear a gasp of surprise and <gasps> some shrieks from the uh, the people watching when you fell. <laughs> and the fact that the Sasquatch is now um, moving. Uh, everybody suddenly realizes the danger that, that they, could, they, they could be witnessing. Cypress quickly grabs the bucket. <laughs> And, and picks it up and starts walking very slowly, very calmly, very carefully towards the Sasquatch using the remainder of their movement. They're gonna have to go around this big old uh, this big old log here or they're gonna have to go around this way. Which would you prefer high tech? Would you go, go to the north or go to the south around this big log? Or are you gonna try and like clamber up onto the log? To the south, open branches, line of sight, awesome. All right, so you use uh, the rest of your movement to sort of clamber to here. Um, and you are going to use your action to try a um, a, 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 a animal ha an animal handling check using the the some of the signs that we taught it on the on the way home yesterday, um, eating and and, uh, and and not danger. Let's roll for it and hope for the best. Apis's animal handling is a plus four. We do not get a forest bonus wraith. Uh, Plus four for our animal handling check. So let's roll and see how we go. We always have a an, a lucky horseshoe to re-roll this if it's particularly bad. Two, I would say, is particularly bad. Are we going to um, are we going to horseshoe it? Definitely horseshoe that. I think I think most people will agree. We don't necessarily want to go with a six, do we, for this? Any any disagreement on look, using that horseshoe to re-roll a two? While I try and get this dice cam on. Alright, so most people saying we're going to lucky horseshoe that, so with the single click of a button look, with a sparkle of showery flames, Apis decides to re-roll this animal handling trick on this Sasquatch and hope for the best. <laughs> okay. Looks like we might be going into combat, guys. <laughs> All right. So thankfully, with a lucky horseshoe, you can take the higher of the two rolls. It's a re-roll, so you get to use the higher of the two. A lucky horseshoe essentially gives you advantage. So instead of the natural one, it'll give you the natural two. Two plus your two from wisdom plus two from uh, being proficient in it takes it to a six. Six is not the worst. Certainly not the best. And given that this thing is a particularly shy, particularly... Um, um, nervous creature at the best of times 
being that it's gawked at, being that people are shrieking because of the danger of it, the DC on animal handling was already very high. It was it was already unlike uh, un- unlikely, but possible for you to uh, to calm this thing down. A six definitively is not enough. So that was your action, your movement. You have a bonus action. As you walk forwards, you're trying to... It's okay, buddy. It's okay. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm just here to feed you. And you're like trying to walk forwards with this bucket of rancid meat and show it that you mean it no harm. You can tell immediately. Apis is good enough at insight and animal handling to know that this is not working. This is a very scared animal that is get is looking for a looking desperately for a way out of his current predicament. You have a bonus action. It's still uh, it's still Geek's turn. Um, High tech Geek. What do you want to do as your bonus action? Um, in case you're unaware, there are a few things you can do for your bonus action. Unfortunately, you've used up all of your movement to stand up from prone and then walk towards him, so you can't move anymore. And you're not a rogue, uh, you're not a rogue or a monk, so you can't dash as a bonus action. Uh, you can definitely drop the meat for free, though. You can drop the meat, so that's a that's a free action. And then you can. As a bonus action, you could cast Zephyr. You can see under spells, you can cast Zephyr Strike or you can cast Hunter's Mark. So if you cast a Zephyr Strike, one of the things it gives you is an extra 20 foot movement or something. I can't remember. 20 foot movement when you make an attack on that turn. Let me let me let me look up Zephyr Strike. Zephyr Strike. You move like the wind. Until the spell ends, your your movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks. Once before the spell ends, you can give yourself advantage on one weapon attack roll on your turn. That attack deals an extra 1d8 force damage on a hit. Whether you hit or miss, your walking speed increases by 30 until the end of that turn. Hitek says, can I use Zephyr Strike without attacking, throw the mate, and dash to the rope to climb out? So you can cast Zephyr Strike as a bonus action, but you will not have any more movement on this turn. You only gain the extra movement when you make the extra attack with the uh, 1d8 weapon damage. So you can cast Zephyr Strike now, and then the person who is ne- next in control of Apis on the next round can decide to make an attack on, or like throw the meat as an attack, I would say, and then they can use their extra movement to get out. But you won't be able to do the uh, extra bonus movement now. So do you want to cast Zephyr Strike for a future turn, or do you want to cast Hunter's Mark, or do you want to just nothing with your bonus action? You can draw a weapon as your bonus action as well. You've already picked. You've already had object interact with the um, the buckets and the meat and everything. So, so if you wanted to draw a weapon right now, it would be a bonus action. Okay, cast Zephyr Strike to set up our escape. Awesome. Okay, well done, high tech. That is what we are going to do. So, with the single click of the button, look. Away goes a spellberry. As Apis realizing the danger they're in. Realizes that when a when a um, an attempt is futile and abandons the dis- the decision, they drop the bucket of meat on the floor, and they think I'm gonna have to get away from this. I'm gonna have to. This is a very dangerous situation. I've put myself in. I don't know what I was thinking. And they focus down on Ultimez's um, guidance uh, to move like the wind as they are hunting. Actually, this wouldn't be Ultimez. This would be from. This would probably be from one of the other gods that's granting you this. One of the other nature gods is granting you the ability to move like the wind. You uh, you turn to start moving, but that is all you can manage on your turn. That is a good round. 
Unfortunately, the dice were not against, uh, not with you, high tech. Drawing a weapon on a nervous creature is probably not the best choice. No, but it might be. It might be a situation of like defending yourself at this point. Okay, then it is the Bigfoot's turn. The Bigfoot is going to, uh, as we as we are realizing it's 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 failing. We see this because the Bigfoot is like right up against the the wall of the. And it is and it is making noises that we have not heard it make before. It is freaking out. It is looking in both directions to try and find a way out. And then it seems to look past us to the rope. And then it looks back at us and its eyes we its eyes meet ours temporarily. And just as we're about to turn to move, just as we've cast a Zephyr Strike and we're about to run, we look back one last time and we catch its eyes. And as we do so, its eyes seem to be swirling with a with purples and greens and yellows there's this kaleidoscopic sort of swirling pattern that starts from the uh, outside of its sclera and works its way very quickly into the iris and the pupils and we seem almost drawn in by it it's almost like that um that vertigo uh, feeling of the the rest of the um the surroundings are disappearing as as our vision is drawn into the the sasquatch I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Pop. Wisdom. 17. Look at that. 17 plus your wisdom modifier of 2. That's 19. For a moment, a brief moment, you feel almost confused, almost lured in and confused by this creature and what what situation you're in. That for, for the briefest of seconds, you feel like you're not sure where you were or what you were doing down here. And then you re realize the danger as the next thing you know, these huge hands have slammed down on top of the um, the, the uh, tree stump in front of you, <laughs> launching its entire body weight up onto the tree stump. And then its tiny le tinier legs but larger feet push off, and it and both hands go into fist fists as it brings it down with a uh, multi attack strike at you. <laughs> Uh, one is a 16 to hit, which will hit your armor class of 14, you can see in the corner there. And one is a nat 20 to hit, which will also hit your armor class of 14. So the 16 to hit will do uh, 7 points of bludgeoning damage. We have now taken 11 damage. And the nat 20 will do nine points of damage. So we've now taken 20 points of damage. As both of its fists slam into us, one of them catching our shoulder and feels like it almost dislocates us. And the other one slams right into the chest, right beneath our chin, slamming us back a little bit and doing a decent chunk of damage. And then it is going to use the rest of its movement. It went bump. It's difficult terrain to get up onto there, so this is an. It's gone 20, 25 because of difficult terrain. It now has another five feet of movement. It goes towards the rope here, and people scream. People are now screaming and making a lot of noise up there, and you can just about make out Kathleen uh, above the crowd going, "Oh, everybody, come down, come down!" Um, I am going to add Kathleen to the initiative order. 
and she got lower than the Bigfoot, the Bigfooted, Bigfoot, Foot, Footy, Footy, Foot, Sasquatch, Allies, there's Kathleen. Um, yes, it is leaving your melee range. If you want to take a an on you don't have any weapons drawn, so if you want to make an attack of opportunity on it, you can punch or kick or something, but that's all you could do. This is why you don't climb into a pit with a Sasquatch. <laughs> we're not bloodied because we've taken 20 of 45, so we're not below half our health yet. Uh, meat is down on the ground. Uh, there was meat on the ground where we are because we dropped the bucket as a free action, but there's also some meat that spilled out where we fell, so roughly where its feet are. Can we command the rope? Not from a distance. You need to be, you need to be in contact with the rope. You cannot try and grapple it as a bone as a uh, an attack of opportunity. An attack of opportunity has to be one single melee attack. So you don't have any weapons drawn, so your melee attack would be unarmed strike, and it would be a punch or a kick, or a headbutt. <laughs> All right, I don't think we're going to be making an uh, an unarmed strike at it. Um, so it is now uh, Kathleen's turn, your ally's turn. She is. She wasn't ready for it to be actually. No, she would have been ready for it because she knows the danger of situations like this. She doesn't get to be a, a badger of the Knights of Kavosna without being ready for danger. Especially when somebody says they're going to climb down into a pit with a legendary rare forest monster. So it is going to, uh, So Kathleen is going to... Um, she wouldn't have a, a ranged weapon on her though. She uses her longsword. She wouldn't have a, a crossbow. She doesn't just carry one round issued. Or would she? She can't defend a town without a crossbow. I'm going to roll to see if she has decided to put on her crossbow this morning. I'm going to give it a percentage chance. What are the chances she was? In what was her intent for the morning when she woke up? She was going to be looking after the Ultima's celebrations. She was going to the menagerie. She didn't know that there was a Sasquatch in the menagerie. She just knew that there was a badger at worst. <laughs> But there is a danger of like Sally returning, so there's a chance of that. Would she have brought a crossbow with her? Let's see. Yes, she does have a crossbow with her. So she, uh, seeing that seeing you going down, she would have prepared this already. She's gotten the, the crossbow off her shoulder and just held it in her hand, and then as soon as you fell, she she. Uh, <coughs> pulled back the, the wire and waited. And then as you got up and started walking forwards and it let out a roar and jumped towards you, she would have pulled up, uh, grabbed a, a bolt out of the quiver, loaded it and taken aim. And then for her turn, she's going to fire off an arrow, fire off a crossbow bolt. 19 plus stuff to hit will hit. She is going to deal ugh, minimum damage to it. Um, as the crossbow strikes across one of its uh, larger long arms. As it's running forwards, it's only doing, uh, only, only serves to, um, to freak it out more. Uh, she's going to use her movement to start running around towards it, pushing these people back as she runs. Um, and, sh and shouting, everybody get back! Get back! Uh, she's going to push this guy back, going to push these guys back. As she runs around the, the edge of the pit and then she sh shouts, Darren! Darren! 
Uh, and then Darren is going to use his turn and act, uh, his action to run. <laughs> he's, he's making his way over to you. It's going to be a couple of rounds before he gets there, though. That is your ally's turn. It is back to the top of the round with Apis. Let's see who got it. Mythical Turian, can you please make make it known that you are still here? You have an active... Uh, oh, actually, it smacked you twice with two different attacks, so I need you to make a constitution saving throw to see if you can concentrate on the Zephyr Strike. Uh, constitution saving throw number one from the first strike. That is a 15 plus your con mod of two, I believe, so that's a success. And then constitution save the second is another 15. So you are, even despite getting smacked in the chest twice, uh, you find that you are still concentrating on the Zephyr Strike. So mythical, it's up to you. What is Apis gonna do? You've just been slammed in the chest by this Sasquatch who is now making a beeline for the rope. Mel, yes, that is a good point. Mel would been would have been as far away as, um, Mel would have been as far away as uh, Darren, so if Darren heard it, Mel would have as well, and she would have come to investigate too. So I will roll for Mel. Uh, let me use one of Mel's dice. Mel's dice. Ugh, not greatest initiative, Mel. So she is going to come in here. Initiative order is Apis, Bigfoot, Mel, and Mel's militia if, she, if they come with. And then, uh, and then your allies, which is at this stage the Knights of Kavosna. So, mythical, did you answer? We need to make signs to the guy closest to the rope to get away from it. If the Sasquatch gets up that rope, the dude is vulnerable. The more we hurt it, the more it's going to get freaked out. Put some distance between us and the Sasquatch and yell at Kathleen to not go alone against it. All right, so Apis is going to uh, put as much, what did you say? Put as much distance between us and the Sasquatch as possible by backing up around here through difficult terrain here, getting to... Uh, Get into around here-ish. So there you go. You get as, as much uh, distance as you can between you and the Sasquatch. And you yell up to Kathleen, don't go, don't go against it. I think uh, it's too much for one person. Don't go, don't go against it alone. You get out of the way. Everybody just get out of its way. All right. We shout up to get out of it, get out of the way. We have our action, that was just our movement. Shouting is pretty much a bonus action, if you uh, or like a free action, depending on how much you're trying to achieve with it. If you want to, if you want to like roll a persuasion check or something, then that's going to be your advantage. That's going to be your action to actually do it. Otherwise, you can dash as your action, or you can dodge or hide or whatever you want. What would you What would you like to do with your action, mythical? What side is the town on? The town is down in the south uh, east of where we are currently. The forest that we came from is originally up in this corner to the northeast. Um, Jack Creed's farm is to the the northwest, and there's nothing to the uh, the north uh, the southwest. We did use both inspiration and lucky horseshoe already today. Yes, Kathleen versus Bigfoot. Let's go. What do you want to do as your action, Mythical Turian? Hopefully, it's going to decide to go towards the forest. Hopefully so. The rest of the menagerie is kind of to our. I'd say the rest of the menagerie is kind of to the 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 north, uh, the the sort of west of where we are currently. That's how I picture it. All right, cure wounds just in case it goes to the town instead of the forest. Cool, good idea. All right, so. 
one more cure, one more spellberry used as we uh, as we hold our hands to our, our our wounds from being bludgeoned in the chest by its massive strong fists. <laughs> um, we focus down on the healing energy that was granted to us by uh, Flonan Shale, the god of goddess of healing, and we let her magic course through us, and we recover three plus our Wisdom modifier, which is two. So we recover five hit points. So we are down 15 hit points. Uh, we're on 30 of 45 hit points. That was our action, our movement, and then I'll say a bonus action to try and get people to get the hell out of the way. All right. Um, we are on to Bigfoot's turn. The Bigfoot is going to run to the rope with only like four or five feet of movement, and then it's going to use its climb speed to climb this rope without needing to make a check. It has a climb speed of 40 feet. So it gets to the top having only used 20 feet. And it's going, it's got a, uh, it's got, I'll say another 10 feet because now it's no longer climbing. It's got another 10 feet of movement. Um, it is going to turn to this guy as it runs past. Um, and Apis can't quite see what's happening, but um, you can tell from uh, a distance that this guy is he's basically using his confusing gaze on the guy again so wisdom save for that guy that is a fail oh boy I forgot I gave him psychic damage as well Ooh, nasty is that enough to go down not quite on the verge. That guy is wounded. That guy is wounded by the psychic damage. You hear a <laughs> as he falls to the ground and clutches his head. From your position to 20 feet down on the pit, you can just about see him as he falls out of sight. Um, and then uh, he's going to use the rest of his movement to uh, to run that direction. That is the Bigfoot's turn. His action, his movement that's all he's going to do. It is now Mel's turn. Mel is going to buzz in. She's much. Uh, she's quite far away, but with a um, with 50 foot fly speed, she manages to get all the way to him. With let's see how how much is 50 feet. Let me let me work it out because she was coming from the other area, right? So 70 and then another 30. That's fine. So she can probably get to him with a dash. She's going to uh, dash in. She's gonna be like over here. She's gonna she's gonna to get to somewhere around here or so with her regular movement, and then with a dash she'll get to about there, like flying after this thing. She shouts down in Sylvan as she as she flies after him. That's Mel's turn. She's direction. Uh, it is now your ally's turn, Kathleen and um, and Warren. She is going to reload her crossbow. She's gonna take a stand here and. Fire off a round at the Sasquatch. Ooh, nope, that one will miss with a three. Three plus something will whiff off and hit this hit the trunk of this tree instead. Darren! Um, Darren uses his turn to get in here and his uh, action, his movement to get there and his action to dash after Kathleen. What's happening? What's happening? Oh God! How did it get out? All right, that is 
Allies turn it is back to Apis. We're going to draw Apis. I should have drawn Apis first to give you some time to think about what to do. My bad, my fault. Whoops. Alright, let's draw it. Sparrow, fly away. You're still in the chat. I can see you there crying. <laughs> what are you gonna do, Sparrow? Take a moment to think. I should have I should have drawn it before uh, I should have drawn it before the allies turn so that I, you had the allies turn to think about it. You got this sparrow. What are you gonna do? You've got movement, you've got bonus action, you've got your action, and you've got Zephyr Strike currently still up. Go for the rope, we gotta go after it. We're not much use stuck in this pit. All right, let's do it. So seeing that it climbed that thing hand over hand like it was not even anything, uh, we realize, oh damn, this, this ape-like creature with the massive long arms that lives in the forest pretty good at climbing it seems so we we use our 25 feet of movement to get to there we've got to use our action to dash in order to go another 25 feet we've got roughly five feet towards the rope and then 25 20 feet halved because we don't have a climb speed so we can get about 10 feet up this rope if we roll a successful athletics check because we knotted the rope we get advantage on the athletics check and because we have a plus one strength and proficiency in athletics, we get to add three to whatever this is about to roll. So let me turn on the dice cam so that you guys can see Apis rolling with advantage plus three. We've got a nat one or a 14. 14 plus three is 17. 17 is enough to climb this rope. So you hand over hand uh, with your dash and your movement, um, your, uh, sorry, with your movement and your dash, yeah, you manage to get 10 feet up this rope. You've got a bonus action, but there's nothing really you can do for it. Uh, you, you want me to stick that, that d20 in the in the dice jail, the one that keeps rolling ones today? <laughs> and then I drop it in and it rolls a two. All right, that one can sit in the dice jail for now, just to just to just to show it what show it what it's 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 up for if it rolls poorly again. Can we say the retract word to have the rope pull us up further? Ooh, that's a clever idea. Um. Yeah, maybe. Let me let me quickly look up uh, the. Let me quickly look up the rope, rope of commanding. I know it's one of my own device, but rope of climbing is not. I think it's an. If it's a bonus action to command it, then yes, I will say that you can do that. Let me quickly look. Rope. Rope of climbing. Um, ba -ba 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 -bam. Use an action to tell it to animate. He's already done that. As a bonus action, you can command the other end to move towards a destination. Blah blah blah. You can also tell the rope to fasten itself, unfasten itself, not blah blah blah. So it's a so it's an action to actually get it to animate in the first place. But once it's animated, which it is, uh, you can you can use it command it as a bonus action. So very clever, Sparrow. I will I will allow you to do so. You will, um, you will as, as you're climbing up this thing, you, you get about halfway up and you're like, this thing's going to get away. And you suddenly re remember, I can, I, can get this, uh, I can get this rope to bring me up all the way. And you say, retract! And you, you shout the word retract as, as, uh, as best as you remember it in Elvish. And for a moment, it doesn't seem to do anything. And you're like, damn, it doesn't seem to work. And then, you, and then the rope beneath you catches you on its way back up and you realize that it had done something. It's just you were already halfway up it. And so as it started to coil up from the back, from the, from the bottom end, um, 
you've you, you, you've shouted coil at it and it started to coil itself up but you were already halfway up it took a few seconds for it to actually catch up to you and the part that you're holding on to is now starting to coil up and with the rest of the coiling movement the uh, the rope brings you to the top you you pulled up pulled all the way up to the tree that is your entire turn sparrow with an action to dash a movement and a bonus action to retract the coil uh, retract the rope rather in the meantime though that was apis's turn it is now the Bigfoot's turn. If the target's saving throw is successful, the target is immune to the confusing gaze of the Sasquatch for X amount of time. So the Sasquatch knows that. It's not going to try and confuse and gaze you again. But it does see you running up behind it uh, and, and zooming up behind it with a magic rope. Uh, is it going to dash or is it going to... Is it going to bash you? Is it going to dash or bash? Uh, put myself in its shoes, it's trying to get out of there. It's gonna dash. So it leaves your melee range. Are we taking an attack of opportunity with unarmed strikes? We've got nothing in our hands, so we're we just gonna punch it, kick it, or are we gonna let it go? Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it in the pit anymore. Yeah, let it go. Alright, so we're gonna, uh, it, we're gonna let it go uh, as, it, as it leaves our melee range. It is going to uh, go, how far? Uh, it's gonna go 30 feet, pretty much straight in this direction, to, uh, running towards the forest, and it's gonna dash, it's gonna go another 30 feet. So it is now off of the map, up in this up in this direction, but it's 60 feet from us, we can still see it. Unlike this map, it's not quite as filled with trees in this area. Like some of the, like think it's got one in every two of these trees. It's not quite as wooded as this map seems to make it look. Um, it started to run. People are screaming and and sh shouting and things. Uh, now it is this guy's turn. This guy goes right after the Bigfoot because he is considered confused. Now let me look up conf the confusion spell because there's a chance that he has to make a strike against you. What does he do? What does he do? Let's have a look. How far away from the forest? From him. Isn't he headed towards the forest? He is headed towards the forest. The forest is a good 10 minute walk away from here. So at running at his speed, he'll probably get there in, uh, in five minutes. Um, we still have Zephyr Strike open, by the way, just FYI. Confusion. Let's have a look. What does he do? With his psychic psychic mind and his confusion, he's going to roll a d10 to see what he does on his turn. He has to not move or take actions this turn. All right. So he drops to the ground as we get up there and the Sasquatch runs we sort of look over to the guy who dropped before and you can tell that he's not dead as he's sort of just massaging his temples he doesn't move or take actions this turn uh, the rest of people though start to freak out uh, Mel uh, Mel is gonna go after him because she doesn't know anything else. You spent all spent hours trying to capture this guy, so she assumes that you still want him. She goes after him, uh, and she's going to... Does she summon a swarm? Oh, what's her radius of her soporific spores? 
15 foot radius cloud. Does she know if she is within range or not? 15 foot radius. Ooh, right on the cusp. Uh, all right, athletics check. Mel, see if you can push yourself to get a little bit further than your speed would allow. Athletics check. Hey, she does. She manages to get a little bit closer. Pushes her wings just a little bit too far. Um, and then she's going to drift down her soporific spores. As she's flying forwards, she just catches up to just about the edge where he is uh, as, she, as he runs. And she lets loose her pollen, um, which drifts down until it gets to about level with him. And then starts to wave, wave her back and forth in a, a soporific hypnotic pattern. And he has to make a... Uh, constitution saving throw DC okay he makes it though bugger could have worked does not that is Mel's turn let's draw Apis while we before we go into allies turns three two one alt underscore tabber are you still in the chat can you confirm for us that you're still here has Mel's sport ever worked? Uh, it did work against a bunch of the twig blights and things, yes. You're still here. Awesome, awesome, old tabber. Uh, it is your turn. So you think, you start thinking what Apis is going to do in a few seconds uh, once we've done with the, um, once we've done with the allies. You have an action, a movement, and a bonus action. You also still have, are concentrating on your Zephyr Strike. It is your ally's turn. She runs forwards um kathleen runs forwards uh, are, you, are you okay uh, are we are we uh, killing this thing or what what's uh, what's happening um, 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 um does darren have any ranged weapons on us let's see i'll roll for him as well just as i did for kathleen let me roll for darren to see if he put his crossbow on this morning uh he did not 66 on the dice um so he doesn't have any option. He he runs over um, and and just starts just keeps yelling, "Get back! Get back! Everybody, get back!" Uh, and he uses all of his movement and a dash to uh, to run generally in the vicinity of this thing. Um, she Kathleen runs over, um, cocks the uh, crossbow, and sits, stands next to you and says, uh, "What do we do, Apis?" And she's aiming after it. Uh, she's waiting on your command. So, do you say yes or no? Talking. Free action, I don't mind it happening outside of round order. Do not shoot, let it go. All right, yeah, most people in agreement uh, saying, uh, no, no, don't don't shoot. We put our hands out and just on top of the crossbow and she puts it down. She calls out, Darren, let it go. And then on Apis's turn, um, it looks like we might be out of uh, out of turn order, but alt, altabris, uh, alt, alt tabber, what do you want to do? It's your, t it's your turn. This may well be the final round of the combat. What do you want to do, Alt-Tabber? You have an action, a bonus action, and a movement. Can we see it on the map first? It's off of it's off of the map. It's run it's run far enough now that it does, it's no longer on the map. And I can't pull my map far enough across to actually show you it. <laughs> it is off of here. It's about where the... It's about where the number... It's about where the dark vision is on, on the... Alt says we're going to call out to Mel to get back, move move towards the injured vill villager and see if we can help him. 
Awesome. All right. So we will do so. We call out uh, after we put our hand on um, on uh, Kathleen and say, no, don't shoot it. Uh, we see Mel, that we see the sopper of expose drifting down. We say, Mel, leave it alone. Mel, come back. Um, and then we walk over to this guy and say, I think this guy, I think he managed to hurt this one. And you walk, you walk over to him. Um, so that's bonus action to persuade Mel to come back. Uh, movement to get to this guy and cure wounds. You've got one last spell slot. Are you going to cure wounds him? Alt tabber. We do a medicine check to heal him. So medicine check can stabilize someone who is dying, but you can't like heal in many hit points. So cure wounds will give him hit points back. Uh, a long rest will give him hit points back. Um, but the only other way to get him hit point back outside of those is like a potion or something. Medicine checks will will stabilize someone who is on zero and dying. This guy is not on zero. He's on one hit point. Kill wounds then. Don't think we need to track the Sasquatch now. Alrighty. So you're using your action, the last of the spells for the day. As we uh, cure wounds this guy, because you used your action to uh, help somebody in need, um, I will say that's a very apish thing to do, even though it leaves you with zero spells for the rest of the day. So I'm going to give you inspiration for that. Well done. You acted very much in character for how we know apis to be. Uh, now let's roll d8 plus two to see how many hit points he gets back. Oh, seven. Nine hit points back, which is more than what he got damaged with. Um, so you, 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 you see him kind of... <laughs> And he's, he, he looks up to you and you see that his nose has started to bleed and there's some blood pooling at the sides of his ears and the um, the uh, tear ducts of his eyes as well. <laughs> and you, uh, you're you like, oh shit, this doesn't look good. And you lay your hands on his head and you give him some calming words. Don't worry, pal. We'll, you'll be okay. Um, uh, Flon and Shale, it was my fault that this man got in- injured. Uh, please lay your, uh, lay your hands on him and... And cure him for uh, his whatever whatever ails him inside of his head, and as you do so, your hands warm up with a, a, a warm sort of golden glow, and you see the um, the 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 bleeding stops. It's still like it's still there. The blood's still there, but it doesn't get retracted or sucked back into his face. But the source of it and the psychic damage that was done inside of his head um, seems to have been healed up, and the guy just like crumples over and. <laughs> breathes heavily it's been a, it's been a long day on an empty stomach it certainly has yeah get some food and play some games yeah <laughs> right get some quiet coloring in now all right so over the next um over the next few minutes the uh malcolm's malcolm's buzzing back in are you okay uh this guy's no longer wounded um and the bigfoot whoosh, takes off back into the fair woods potentially never to be seen again until Apis maybe wants to track them down again, who knows? There's a lot of pa- uh, pacifying of the um, the community to do now. People are excited about what happened. There's a lot of talk about what's happened. This this crowd has like doubled in size, um, just like that. Look, <laughs> um, there you go. Look, you got uh, doubled in size. Doubled in size, people. <laughs> they've all just they've all multiplied. We've got, we've got all of their twins come along to join. Um, <laughs> and what do you want? What does Apis want to do with the rest of their day after after like an uh, half an hour of sort of debriefing what 
what had happened and what went wrong and Ape is thinking about the mistakes that they made um which of the which of the which of the ge- which of the games and and things does Apis want to do? People have made their way over to um, to Franklin's uh, Franklin's thing for lunch because it's lunchtime now. A lot of people are kind of like, well, that was a fun morning, but what else is there to do? And they just kind of make their way onto the next thing. They're not really that bothered about it. That was that was a mighty Sasquatch, one of the wonders Altabris has to offer. Thank you, Altabris, for the beasts of the world. And. It's out there for somebody to hunt again in future. So you, you you're not you don't think that um, Ultimes would be well. You hope that Ultimes wouldn't be disappointed with what's happened. Um, Ultimes was uh, is the beast uh, the god of beasts and hunting, and it is still a living beast that is back out in its natural habitat for other creatures to hunt now. So it's probably it's probably not that um, that big of an issue. Um, as you're making your way back through the crowd, you see Mosh arriving. He goes, uh, what, what was all that about? I, I don't... I, I heard there was... The, the, the damn Tesquatch got out. Is that right? You're like, hey, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I uh, I went down into the pit to feed it, and it, and it attacked me and climbed out. You're like, you went into the pit to feed it? Yeah. I thought it was a good idea at the time. Why? I don't really know. But I just... I... There's a part of me knew that it was a stupid idea, but uh, a much bigger part of me decided that it was a smart idea to get into the pit. And and uh, I don't know. I guess in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have. But hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it? Oh, all right. I mean, sure. Well, you're okay. I am okay. But hey, at least it's back in its natural terrain now. So I suppose in in hindsight, it might have been a, it might have been the best thing for it because I, I did feel weird about it being in a captive environment. So at least people got to see it when while it lasted, and now it gets to go home and live in the forest again. Anyway, um, how did how did your sign up go for your uh, hunt? Is uh, yeah, not bad. Got most of the people uh, who want to sign up are signed up now. So uh, I got the rest of the day to just chill, and I was I was gonna try some of the archery competition and stuff, and maybe give that a whirl. You you done any of the any little, little games around? Uh, no, not yet. I was actually feeling rather hungry now that the adrenaline's worn off. I think um, I think I could do with some food. I was gonna go to. Um, I was going to go to, to Franklin's uh, stall and get some food. He goes, oh yeah, you should see some of the things he's made. He's he's uh, he's quite uh, it's quite cute. Says, Is that right? And so you um, you wander on over to Franklin's stall, and you see that he has made some he's made some round uh, bread buns that he's taken like um, toothpicks, like splinters of wood, really thin splinters of wood, and he's pierced them in, and they look like hedgehogs. Uh, he's also made some long um, buns, kind of like the iced buns that you got. Uh, and he's taken like a f- he's taken some f- uh, feathers and he's he's fluffed up the feather. You know how feathers are like they all stick together, flying flight feathers anyway. And he's and he's like deliberately like broken up the feathers so they all stick out like kind of fluffy and broken. And he's stuck the fluffy feather in the back of these long buns and put a little couple of little eyes on the front, like little currants or something on the front to make it look a bit like a squirrel with a big fluffy squirrel tail. 
Um, he's cooked. He, he's baked some loaves, but he's baked them in in uh, with different um, dough so that it's it's striped striped loaves, and they kind of resemble badgers. And then you see over on um, over on Gretchen's table with Gretchen and uh, and, and Quentin, um, there's a platter of small vegetables arranged uh, to look a little bit like uh, the face of a fox with um, whiskers and stuff. And uh, and and uh, Mosh brings you over. He's like, uh, "These are my favorite. <laughs> check out how Quentin's uh, check out how uh, Gretchen's arranged her vegetables here." And you walk over and you, he points it out and gives you gives you a wink and. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, apparently there's a pig coming. Um, they've they've got a pig on a spit um, for tonight. And like, all right, yeah then. So we have some lunch. We we um, will uh, how much to pay, pay for some of that lunch? I reckon maybe like two silver. Let's go back to the main page now. I'll mark off uh, I'll mark off two silver for um, for a couple of nice pieces of. Uh, the little buns and bread and things and then a few of the veggie platters um and then what do you want to do what's 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 apis's plan for the for the day what 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 stalls and games do you want to play with i know a few people wanted to do some drawing see if uh does apis go to the drawing first drawing an archery all right, let's go for the drawing first. Uh, people want to just have a, a chill moment, so Apis is feeling a little bit shaken from this morning, so they head on over, and, the, and your hands still smell like uh, rancid meat, by the way, because at first you weren't touching it, using the pitchfork and stuff into the bucket, but then you were like, you, once everything went to shit immediately, you, you picked up the bucket and were like, oh God, here, have some meat, and then had to drop it, and so your hands still smell like, you've, you've washed them a couple of times now, and they still kind of, out damned spot. Um, then you make your way over to the drawing uh, competition, the drawing drawing table, uh, which is being uh, run by Oliver, the prospective squire. Um, and you greet him, and, and he, he says, "Well, that was that was quite something this morning, wasn't it?" Hey, it was. <laughs> so what are we drawing here? He goes, yeah, "You can draw whatever you want. I've got some prompts for you if you want to draw something, but uh, you can draw anything you want. Maybe draw a Sasquatch." <laughs> laughs and you're like yeah maybe all right so if you have proficiency with painter's supplies you can add your proficiency bonus to this check otherwise it'll be a either a dexterity check or an intelligence check Intel intelligence check if you're trying to draw something from like memory from like you're trying to create something uh based on something you already know um a dexterity check if you're using one of his prompts and like copying it and trying to do a good job of copying it so what do you want to draw? You want to draw Mel? Draw Mel, draw Mel, draw Mel. Maybe we're better at drawing panpipes instead of playing them. <laughs> well, with us, we actually have a plus three in dexterity and intelligence, so it won't actually make a tangible difference which one we have. We are not proficient in calligraphers tools, we are not proficient in painter's supplies, and so we won't have our proficiency bonus added to this, it'll just be a straight roll. A plus three, let's see how well we draw. Locara, yeah, we could spell Locara. Yeah, uh, could spell Locara. Could paint Locara. Uh, that is a nine. Nine plus three. That's a twelve. Slightly above average. So we're not the best drawer, but it's a it's an okay drawing. We we use some of the um the, the pencils and the the and then the wax crayons to kind of color it in a little bit. And it's a bit chill. We enjoy. We've drawn a little um 
I've drawn a little picture of Mel and then we show her it. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know, what is it? That's it's you. Uh what? It's it's you. What is me? This this the drawing that I drew. This drawing. Oh I I don't understand. How is it me? It's it's a drawing it's a drawing of you. Oh, it is. This is what you see when you see me. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Do I look like that? Uh, I mean, ki kind of. Yeah. That's what you. Oh, right. I have never seen myself before. All oh, right. Um, we should find you some. We should find some like uh, water or something, and then you and then you can look in the reflection, or I can get a mirror for you or something. Um, do I have uh, do I have these things on the and she one of the legs comes forward and points these things here those are the legs are these my legs uh, yeah these are the legs underneath that's oh I, that is do I have so many you I mean the six you've got six of them do I have six legs yes you do can you not see your legs. Uh, no, I can My head does not. Uh, my head is attached to my body, so I, I cannot see anything below this. Uh, these two, and she brings her two front legs forward. All oh, right. Well, there you go then. She's not very smart, but you know. Sure. And and it's and it's in conversations like this when you remember that Mel is just a, a an animal at the end of the day. She's she's she she's just <laughs> she is a she has the brain of a beast. A very smart beast, but still a beast. Oh, I'm not. I. I mean, I, I probably could have done a better. You don't look exactly like this. The legs. Uh, I suppose the legs don't. They. They're not in one. Plane like this. I. They're like three dimensional. Um. But I'm not the best artist. But you could. Uh, maybe I'll. I'll try again. You <laughs> get another piece of paper. And you... <laughs> Ten. One better. You do a thirteen, at trying to draw a better version of the bee, and then you're like. I think that's as good as I can do. I, I feel like, I feel like that's 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 better. Is there a character artist at the fair that could draw a picture of us and Mel? Well, the reason Oliver's draw uh, Oliver's running the thing is that he's a he's a pretty good uh, artist. He's he's pretty good at drawing. So you ask Oliver, Oliver, could you, are you good at drawing? And he goes, I'm 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 passable. Uh, could could you draw Mel for us? <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing a good job, and apparently she's never seen uh, herself before. Yes. Uh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> Let me give it a go. Um, do what? Do you, what do you want to do? And did, uh, just sitting there on, on a on a flower? Or <laughs> I love Oliver. Can we keep him? Trace the shape of her lying down and color it in. We don't have paper big enough for that. She's the size of a potbelly pig. Uh, maybe like on a flower or something. Yeah. Sure. Uh, let me give it a go. He is going to roll in. Oh, <laughs> he gets. He gets one better from than you, um, but thankfully he has proficiency in it. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 much better than yours, but still not the best. He's used to um, he's used to drawing people who will sit still for it, and Mel doesn't sit still for his drawing. So he gives <laughs> nice draw Mel like one of your French girls. <laughs> um, and you show you show her it, and he goes, uh, and she goes, oh, I see. Right, this is the this is me, and this is the stinger at the back of me. Uh, yeah, that's right. I thought I was bigger than that. 
and the, the is a very small. It's not to scale like it, this is just a drawing on paper. Like it's you're you're this big, but this drawing like we don't have paper that. Oh, I see. Yes, right. So it is not. It is a um, a picture of what I look. I would look like if I was tiny bee. <sighs> yes, sure. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, so you've uh, you've spent like a little while doing some doing some draw. <laughs> Why didn't you draw that then? Abstract thought is hard. Yeah. What you'd look like from a distance. <laughs> That's right. Gives up. Pat's Mill. Well done, Mill. Um, what do you want to do next? Go to the archery. I think most people were saying do the archery thing, right? All right. So um, ba -ba 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 -ba. it is a. Uh, we walk over to the. Carl running the archery competition. Yes, it is. <clears throat> so Carl is going to run the archery competition. He says in order to enter, it is um, five copper pieces. And then you get uh, five shots. It was five shots, and it's the best of five. If you can hit the bullseye with at least three of them, then you um, you get uh, you win the, uh, the major prize. All right, so we walk over to Carl's uh, stall and uh, and we ask him uh, if we can play, and he says, um, "Of course, yeah. Uh, I imagine, I imagine if anyone was gonna uh, was gonna win the main prize, it's you." So he we t he takes the um, the five copper for us from us, and then it's a matter of rolling against the target. Have you learned your lesson yet, dice in jail? Let's let's find out. So we check the arrows out. They all seem to be well-made arrows. He's a he's a Fletcher by trade, um, partly. Uh, it's what it, one of the things that he does as a blacksmith in town. So he um, he makes arrows, and they're pretty good. Uh, they're they're decent quality. So we knock one and let it loose. Fifteen, fifteen plus our attack modifier, our our arrow attack modifier, which as you can see below is a seven is a 22 to hit and it strikes into the uh, the ring right next to the bullseye the bullseye being about the about the the diameter of the bottom of my mug and we're about 50 feet away or so so pretty good and he goes ooh Already won your money back. Can we Hunter's Mark the target to get advantage? Hunter's Mark doesn't give advantage. Hunter's Mark gives, does extra damage. So you could Hunter's Mark the target and then break it with your arrows. And then second arrow, strike! <laughs> Same again. On the other side of the uh, target, another 22. Also, we've got no, no spells anyway. You didn't have any spells in the dream either. Break the target. You can't prove it wasn't a bullseye. Uh, third strike. Planar warrior just to show off. 17. 17 plus 7 is a 24. As we walk across, we check out where it hit. And it's right on the verge. It's on the line between bullseye and not. And he comes over and he goes, Ooh. I I might I might I might give you that. Let's see how you do with your last two. 
Nineteen. Nineteen plus seven is twenty-six. With this one, right into the centre of the bullseye. And with our last arrow, we're feeling confident after after two in the inner ring, one on the verge, and one into the bullseye. Let loose. Holy shit! 18! You needed an 18 or more to hit the bullseye. You got a, a 19, an 18, and a 17. The 17's right on the verge. So, uh, it's, uh, well, you needed a 20. You needed a 25 to hit the bullseye. And because you had a plus 7, you needed an 18 or more. So, 18, 20, so, wait, 22. Uh, that takes it to exactly 25, which takes us to 120. 119 over all three dice uh, over all three um, uh, over all five attacks you needed a you needed a hundred to win the cash prize you needed a hundred or more from all for all five attacks so you've won the cash prize and with two of your three arrows hitting the bullseye and one of them just on the bullseye um, the crowd that have now, has now started to form around you, about six or seven people or so, are all like cheering for you and yeah, and Mosh is like yeah, go, go Apis, and then they they walk over to Carl and Carl's like adjudicating, adjudicating. All right, I need a, I need some, I need some, um, some non-biased uh, p uh, second eyes on this. Okay, so come, come on over, and he he gets the crowd to come over and he's like, right, we're going to take a vote on it. Is this one count as bullseye or not? And because you got a 24 and, not, and you needed a 25, I'm going to put it down to a percentage chance of success. And it's basically the crowd deciding um, whether or not it, it counts. I'm going to give it a 50-50 chance. Uh, so less than 50 on these percentage dice, and the crowd are going to give it to you. More than 50, and they won't. That is a 30. 30 and a 0. So the crowd decide, yeah, that's, that's a bullseye. That counts as a bullseye. And so he goes, right, you're up. The crowd has spoken. Come on over. And he, he, he gets the, um, the, uh, the money that he's been collecting today. So you, get, you put down five copper. He gives you five silver back. You also get uh, six arrows that are considered plus one arrows. They're non magic. They're not magical, but they are so well made, out of particularly nice hardwood and polished arrowheads and things. That it's it's master craft work. So it's essentially plus one arrows, and you have six of them, as the as the um, hitting uh, hitting three uh, three out of the five bullseyes. Uh, I will need to add another arrow thing now. We've got nineteen regular arrows, <laughs> four fire arrows, one uh, tranquilizer arrow. And we need even we need six uh, plus one arrows, meaning they're a plus one to attack and a plus one. Uh, sorry, not a plus one to attack, but they're a plus one to damage. So what next? We want to go and do the um, the pin the arrow on the uh, on the donkey situation, don't we? And and get in get in with a chance to win the um, uh, the secret prize. So we thank Carl for his work. Um, 
we walk past the uh, the deer antler ring toss that Trevor's running, and we walk over to the um, the Colton's stall, which is strike the deer with the arrow, and we see a whole bunch on this painted uh, on this painted sign this this picture of this deer that's kind of like looking startled. Um, and you've got to aim for right between its eyes. That's the that's the idea. Um, on this on this deer, there's a whole bunch of X's in the paint that the uh, they, they dip the arrow in the paint, and then you walk forward blindfolded and try and stick it in the right place. And then next to each of the X's is a little name written on um, of who it was and how close they are. And you can see some of them that are just like way over on the back end, and some of them that are barely hit at all. So if you want to play. It's five copper to uh, to to jump in. Five copper to have a, an attempt. If we lost after the archery competition, we'd be very. It'd be very embarrassing. Do we want to play? Yes or no? Are we going to play the the this uh, pin the arrow on the donkey competition? Um, all right. So let me mark off another five copper. Taking us down to 17 that happened to be honours. We've still got a bunch of gold stashed in our bank as well, somewhere as well. Except. <laughs> All right, so we step up to the mark and we say, I'd love to, I'd love to play. And, and Mary says, <laughs> of course you do. Come on, go on it up. We'll, uh, we'll get you blindfolded. And she takes off one of the pieces of um, ribbon that's, uh, that's nearby on the table. And she wraps it around your eyes and ties it on tight. Can't see anything, can you? Nope, can't see anything. All right, um, and then she takes you out and stands you and says, right, and she pulls up the thing to give you one last look, and she says, that's where you're aiming for, get a good look, that's about how high it needs to be and uh, which direction you're headed, right, good, and then puts it down, and then whoo, st suddenly starts to spin you around, and you're like, oh, God, oh, shit, uh, and it is, a, it is essentially a skill check to win this competition. First is an intelligence check to see if you can kind of keep a track of, of which way is the right way to even walk in the first place. Um, in fact, thinking about it, I'm going to make this a perception check, not an intelligence check. I'm going to make it a perception check because you're listening to sort of the sounds of where the crowds were and you're using your wisdom rather than intelligence because you're kind of just keeping a track of which way is north and which way the cold, the breeze was moving and stuff before you were spun to try and get get an idea of which if, whether you're even facing in the right direction at the first place. So I'm going to change that. It's not an intelligence check. It's a perception check. So first, perception check. That is a four. A four plus our Two from wisdom is a six, plus two from being proficient at it is an eight. Do we want to re-roll with uh, inspiration? We got an eight on on our first check to see if we were even going in the right direction. What do you guys think? Do we shoot someone to death on that one? You're not actually aiming this arrow. You, are, you have an arrow in your hand that has been dipped in paint and you just have to walk forwards, pin the tail on the donkey style, until eventually you get to the tree and then you put your cross where you think, it's, where you think it is. See if we can get a consensus. 82% people saying, no, we're not. All right, so with an eight on our perception check, all right, which way are we going? We, we start stumbling off in, in one direction and you can hear from the laughter of the kids watching. <laughs> not even going the right way. <laughs> all right, um, after being spun around and uh, to the point of being dizzy, it is now a dexterity check to see if you can walk straight 
That is a 13 plus 3. That is a 16 to walk straight. As you, whoop, you sort of stumble around, you hear people laughing, so you kind of like, you, uh, you, you play it up just a little bit of the, whoop, how dizzy am I? <laughs> Gonna fall over! <laughs> and then, a sleight of hand check to see exactly where you're gonna pin it before you stab it forwards. Sleight of hand check, you are not proficient in sleight of hand, so this is just gonna be a straight dex check. 17! 17 plus 3 is 20. As you walk forwards and you ready, you you, you shove it for you're like, is this it? Is this it? And you, you hear you hear Mosh going, yep, yeah, that's that's it. Little little to the left. No, I, no, 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 no helping, no helping. Yeah, yep, yeah, definitely helping. Yeah, little to the left. Alright, and and then you hear. <laughs> Other kids, and you, you know, pull your hand, your, your uh, eyes up, and you see that Franklin is standing in front of you, and you've just right in the right in his abs, right in his uh, in his belly. You've just stuck it forwards, and he's got a big painted arrow on his his abs, and he's got his hands on his hips, and he's like, "Really, Apis? I expected better of someone with an arrow than you. Uh, I expected better of someone uh, as as good with arrows as you are." <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> could do you mind, Franklin? Could you can can you come run over with run over with me? <laughs> and you sort of grab him by the hand and, and run over, and he and he laughs and runs over with you, and, and he goes, right, just stand there next to this arrow, this deer for the rest of the day, please. <laughs> and everybody's laughing, and uh, so at least you did well at the archery, but unfortunately you did not do so well at the uh, the pin the tail on the the donkey. Um. So, would what would Apis like to do for the rest of the day? It's now later into the evening. The, it's probably like five or so, five o'clock by the time you've spent some hours mucking around and doing stuff. Uh, do you want to do um, the antler toss? You walk over to the ring toss. Ring toss! Ring toss! <laughs> All right, your ring toss, uh, which is a, uh, a dexterity check. So it's kind of like a ranged attack, but you're not proficient in the weapon that you're using. So it's a dexterity check without your without your proficiency added to it. Um, so 16 plus 3, 19. So the first one, 19. Very well done. Uh, oh, sorry, I've got to mark off your 5 copper as well for being involved in the game. Um, so 19 is very good. And then the next one is a dirty 20. You're really good at these games, apparently. Making up for the, the, the falling off of the um, the rope. And then the last one is a... Hey, look at that again. 18. 30, 20, 18. 38 onto there makes 57. 57 over three rings. That's really good. That's, uh, that's the... That's the um, into the higher range of the... Oh, 60 was the 60 was the highest range that you could have gotten. So the 60 was the 10 back. This is eight times your eight times your your ante that you win back. So you uh, you put down five copper. You win back four silver. Seems like Apis is particularly good at dexterity based things. It's almost like we took dex plus two when we leveled up. So Apis takes that moment, uh, talks to Trevor. 
Amy, do you want to have a go with the antler toss? Uh, so, you, so all I have to do is just throw the rings and hit the antlers, right? Yeah, yeah, mate, you just need to take three rings for five copper, and you, you get three shots. You, you can go for the easy ones. You can go for the easy ones um, that are nice and close. If you get all three of them on, you get your money back. If you get two of them on, you get uh, a free turn. Um, uh, if you go to the next one over, you get, you win twice your money back. But if you get all three of them onto the back ones, it's pretty hard. You might miss them. But if you get all three of them onto the back ones, you actually win uh, uh, ten times your, your money back. You get five silver. Five silver? And some of the crowd around, five You get ten times your cup. Oh, could try it ten times and you'd still come out on top. Um, and you're like, right, uh, right, right, yeah, then. Uh, here's your five copper and let's uh, let's give this a go. When you feel the weight of the ring, it's made of wood. It's um, pretty nicely made. You think John the carpenter must have done it. Like, right, here we go. And you, and you let it loose, and it wraps around one of the uh, one of the out outcropping pieces of the antler. Excellent, mate. Here we go. Same again. Same again. And clack, spin around right on top of the the first one. Hey, yeah! Here we go. Here we go. We can do this. Here we go. Here we go. Last one. You got the safest. Thank you. And it looks like it misses, and then it goes over the one that you're aiming for, and clacks against one of the other bits of the antler, and tsh, and bounces, and then lands back on it. And yes, all three. Yeah, you get back your uh, you get back your money, whatever it was, four times the price. These games are very slightly geared towards winning, only if you're good at dexterity. You needed an average of uh, an average of sixty to get the full amount. This is one of the things to make help help get Shadridge fond of us generally. Yeah, it's a good day. People people uh, enjoying Apis's company and, and realizing, holy shit, Apis is good at these sorts of things. Um, the night is uh, approaching now. Um, people are going to start putting things away. You can see that John the carpenter is starting to put away his uh, his little um, square of of dirt, uh, the mud with the the tracks in it. If you want to um, if you want to have a go at uh, the guessing the tracks that'll be your survival checks essentially but other than that uh, I believe you've done everything else today is anyone talking about the Sasquatch oh yeah people are people are milling about milling about talking about the Sasquatch today the, you can hear people on their way back towards town um, talking about the hedgehogs and the the big scare, scary skin thing that's in the in the thing what's what is that mummy um I think it's a chimera darling uh, manticore actually Oh, um, uh, Mantico, actually, apparently, <laughs> and talking and stuff as you uh, say. So, yeah. oh, what was that? What was that big bear thing that was? Uh, it was a Bigfoot. Yeah, it was a Bigfoot. I'll tell you all about it when we get home. Guess the tracks. All right, let's. Uh, we go over to as John's packing away. You're like, you just if you wouldn't mind. And um, Clarissa says, uh, we're packing up. And, and John says, "Oh, it's it's fine. We we can we can put them out again for you. Um, I imagine you're. Uh, how was John? John was. Was John a Yorkshireman? I think he was a Yorkshireman, gruff sort of Yorkshireman. Um, all right, darling. All right. How are you? Yeah, I think you were because he was talking about his father and how he'd how his father had passed away. Um, he was right upset about it. Um." <laughs> Forest, 
forest bonus. Um, so he says, no, it's all right, love. Um, we can, Ippus has been clearing up today. Uh, I'm interested to see how you do with tracks and that. So he, um, he, st- he goes, right, uh, t- turn your back then. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put tracks out again. And he gets out a small bucket of water that's next to him and he sloshes it into the, into the mud and he grabs out his sticks that are all sort of caked in mud now and he stamps them back and forth and he goes, right, first one. Well, actually, first up, need need your ante up, don't we? Five copper, please. You know, <laughs> right, you are. So you grab yourself your five copper out. And you step up to his, um, you step up to his, his, uh, his muddy area where you see some tracks. I'm going to roll a survival check to see if you know what these tracks are. Nat 20, look at that. Nat 20! Wasted on the first one because the DC was only a 10. So so with a survival check on that first one, nice and easy you go. You say, "Um, do I have to know the exact species of rabbit? And he goes, of course you know it's a rabbit. Yeah, no, rabbit will will suffice. You're like, (laughs) alright. Rabbit, it's a rabbit. I think, uh, incidentally though, I think it's a a brown rabbit. Although you have used the hopping pattern of a white rabbit, so I'm not sure exactly. Uh, yeah, 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 all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, uh, gets out his, gets out a piece, a long piece of wood and <laughs> spreads it across the, the mud, resetting. All right, turn around. Gets out another one. Stamp, 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 stamp. All right, slightly harder. Ooh, five. Five plus our survival of four is a nine. This time we go, right. Um, I don't, this is difficult because normally you would use, it looks like, like normally I use more than just the footprints to decide what it is. It's like the area of the, the terrain of the forest that it would be in. It's definitely got hoof prints like a deer. It's like the the, um, the hoofs of a deer, but it's not moving like a deer. It's not stepping in its own. It's not stepping in its own uh, path. It's moving more like a. a Robert just learned the, the word for these different types of survival. I looked into it for for last week's game, and then it just didn't go the way that I expected. So if I've kind of forgotten them all. There's different ways of animals moving. There's like ones that kind of jump forwards and their back feet land in their front front feet, and there's other ones that uh, that move with their feet. At their back feet always go wider than their front. There's different types of uh, tracks, and I, I looked into them briefly for this game, and I can't now I can't remember them. But uh, it was I, I don't. I'm going to say deer, and he goes. Final answer. Say, a. Uh, hey, I'm gonna sit there. See, right? Uh, turn around. Third, third one. And he stri- strikes it back. From his response, we realise mm, yeah, I don't think we got that right. Uh, and then he stamps, stamps, stamps. New tracks in the mud. And we get a nine. Nine plus four is a thirteen. And we go right. That is a bear. And he goes. Final answer. And you say, no. It was until you said that. 
it sounds like maybe not. Walkers, Bounders and Lovers. Lovers sounds wrong, but Walkers and Bounders were definitely two of them. <laughs> I added the last one. I was like, Lovers doesn't sound right. <laughs> Cheeky bastard. Um, and he, an, an apis walks up and goes, all right, um, well, if it wasn't a bear, I guess... No, I'm, I'm doubting myself. It's a bear. And he goes, actually, it's an owlbear. And you go, oh, of course it is, because it's got the different... It's, I was like, there was something wrong. It's got the different number of the... the it's got the... Uh, the Duclor, uh, that's not, you can't see that, and, and on the, it, it would be normally dragging its feet, and he says, yeah, it's too, too late, too late now, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that's only one out of three. Uh, and, and that is a fail. Sorry, Apis, you can't be good at everything, I guess. Uh, right, I suppose not. Thanks for playing, though, that was fun. And he goes, yeah, I, I, I did give you the harder ones, and he, he shows you the other ones that he had laid out, and he's got a different, couple of different ungulates, and, um, uh, yeah, talons. They would have bare claws, but the claws are like more like talons than claws. So, uh, so he, sh he shows them off, and then he, he goes, "All right, um, uh, thanks, thanks for playing, though." Um, and he starts to pack up, and Clarissa's already packed up all of her shit and left while you were playing. They're a musical contest. We're good at pipes, <laughs> are we? Are we? No, there's no musical contest, but you can maybe uh, you can maybe. Engage people in delightful music while they while they go back to town and eat the um, the pig on a spit that there there is tonight. There's a, a feast to be happening tonight. Have another try at the pin the tail thing since uh, we can try that multiple times. You could have tried that multiple times, Sparrow, but it's uh, it's getting late now because you could have like tried one thing multiple times, or you can try some of everything. And you went for the trying some of everything uh, route, so we don't have the time. By the time we um, we get back to them, the Coltons, it's uh, getting late. The um, the sun is setting, and so the Col Coltons have um, have set up uh, uh, have, have taken down the sign now. They've they've stopped getting people in. The kids are all going home to start going to bed and things, and the uh, older folks are heading back towards town to start um, preparing for the feast, go wash up and things, and do any sort of jobs that they need to do before uh, before the feast. And so the um, so are the, the the stalls. The stalls are also being set, uh, taken down now. So. Um, you see, you help people out for a bit, um, taking down bunting and stuff on the way back, uh, and then you make your own way back towards town, presumably. I assume you're going back for the feast as well. Or is Apis going to be like, that's enough people time for me? What do you guys think? Let's go lose a drinking contest. <laughs> Eat the pig, get drunk, play the pan pipes. Yeah, Apis probably hasn't had a, um, an alcoholic beverage in a while, have they? Does Apis like to drink? They are they do they are proficient with brewers' tools. So I imagine they like to drink. Alright, most people saying let's go and get some food from the feast. Wash up to get rid of the nasty meat smell that we're emitting. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to talk to Kathleen about the wider world and her experiences of it. We can do that over the over dinner, I guess. Yeah. Alright, so sure. We will do so. We will uh we head back into uh Shadridge proper. And Quentin the butcher is helping Gretchen the innkeeper with uh, with setting up a spit uh, on a roast outside of the the um, the lucky loot, and people are crowded round and the da and, and it's gotten dark and people are laughing and joking and talking about the um, the Sasquatch and uh, and and um, Jackson the mayor comes over to you and says, 
not the not the smartest idea, maybe, to to go down into the the pit with it. Um, but but you certainly gave us a show and uh, brought out Ultima's, uh, brought out, bringing as a such a, a wonder, wondrous creature. I'm sure it appeased Ultima's. You certainly got the town talking. I think we're we're going to remember this Ultabris festival for a great many years to come. And he sort of laughs and claps you on the shoulder and and eat up, enjoy your, enjoy the food. It's always fun to have you around, Apis. And he walks off. So we grab our, grab ourselves once it's, once it's ready. We grab ourselves a nice bit of uh, a nice bit of food, a nice plate of um, roast pork and um, and some vegetables that have been supplied by the the Coltons and stuff. Um, there is a there is a um, t- uh, a silver piece uh, expectation from everybody just to participate to kind of cover the costs. So we pay that happily and sit and eat uh, with Kathleen. And we talk with her about um, her experiences outside of Fonderg and and whether or not she wants us to go. And we'll pick we'll start uh, we'll pick up here with that conversation next week. Um, as for now, we will leave it there with the night Apis having a nice festival day of relaxation. And see you next time. Bye. That's all for this episode of Twitch Tales, but if you want to be there to actually join in on the decision making, head over to twitch.tv forward slash Robert Hartley GM and click the little love heart to follow the channel. It's free to do and it notifies you when I go live so you can tune in to join the fun. I'll see you there.